idiots. Like Casey says, fella ain't got a soul of his own, just a little piece of a big soul. The one big soul that belongs to everybody. Then... Then what, Doc? Then it don't matter. I'll be all around in the dark. I'll be everywhere. Wherever you can look. Wherever there's a cop beating up a guy. I'll be there. I'll be in the way kids laugh when they're hungry and they know supper's ready. And when the people are eating the stuff they raise and living in the houses they build, I'll be there too. I don't understand it, though. Me neither, Ma, but just something I've been thinking about. You're listening to the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. Thought-provoking interviews with interesting guests and commentary on everything. Food, sports, gardening, politics, music, movies, comedy, you name it, we talk about it. Featuring your hosts, the Queen, Christina Marfis, Codemaster Codeman, Cody Stoffer, and Crash Test Craig, Craig Morton. These three are allergic to big words, but not to big ideas. Profound things will be said, but entirely by accident. On this episode, our three hosts tackle the issues of political correctness and comedy, and we feature Boise comedian Sherry Jaffet as our guest, and clips from comedians Aziz Nzari, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, and Louis C.K. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm Cody. And whoever and, and, and what? what whoever, are you? Whoever speaks next gets to introduce <laughs> themselves as Oh. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Oh, we're doing great today. Okay, so I'm Codemaster Codeman. I'm Crash Test Craig. I'm Christina, who still doesn't have a nickname. <laughs> That's right. Still working on that. <sighs> Where to hey, begin? Hey, so what do you think about humor? <laughs> okay, hey, guys. You know who passed away last week, right? Um, Dan Rooney. No, yes, he did. That was yesterday. Yeah, it was still uh, this last week. Don Rickles. Yep. Don't say yay, because you don't want to no. celebrate somebody's dying. Well, but. The thing is, if you said yay, he would take it as a joke. <laughs> there, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, there's a there's a a, a, a quote that um, about Don Rickles by Will Rogers. Um, it says Will Rogers once uh, Don, Don Rickles says Will Wa- Rogers once said I never picked on a little guy, only big people. Yeah. <laughs> May I say this to the entire audience? So after a night of you know berating an audience. He says this at the conclusion of his act. May I say this to the entire audience? On a hectic night, you are pretty big. In other words, I picked on all of you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, so even you know this idea that he he only he only picks on people who can take stand it. <laughs> take it they they can they can stand it. You know he he doesn't go out and pick on the little guy. He doesn't no. go pick on the 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 uh, the ones who who are vulnerable. 
So this is Don Rickles said this? Right, yeah. Oh, uh, Will Rogers said that about Don Rickles. Oh, gotcha. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know, because sometimes I've seen clips of him kind of picking on people who were vulnerable, I thought. Well, I think his point was he never thought those people were vulnerable. Oh, oh okay. You know? It's like, hey, you're, you're stronger than you think. Yeah, you know? that's true. That's true. You can take this. Which, I mean, so let's talk I, about that. Don Rickles. Well, I see this to my athletes all the time. Yeah. You can take this. You can take it. Berate them. Beat them up, Craig. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I, then I go to my physical therapist, and she says, why did you do that to yourself? Well, didn't it hurt? And I'll go, yeah, I just needed to work through the pain. No, you were supposed to stop. <laughs> right. So, so let's pain talk about sometimes that. Sometimes be a guide. Humor. Political correctness. Don Rickles, was he a member of a bygone age? Or has political political correctness changed humor? I don't think he's part of a bygone age at all. I think he really turned a particular type of humor mainstream. Okay. Or no, maybe not even humor. Um, you know, Lenny Bruce in the 50s and 60s was trying to push the edge and turn. And in fact, Lenny Bruce was no longer funny. Yeah. He was just critical. Just criticism. Yep. Right. And I think Rickles took a little bit of that idea of turning toward criticism, but made it mainstream, made it entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think, but, but then these days when you go, you know, if you're, if you're watching a stand up, how many of them don't berate somebody? How many of them right. don't use critique or try to push the edges of something to the uncomfortable? Right. Um, right. Right. Yeah, I immediately kind of bristled at the way that you phrased that. Has political correctness yes. changed humor? Thank you. Um, Tell me. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, like we mentioned and what may not have been recorded, so we'll rehash it briefly, <laughs> but political correctness is so vague and means so yes. many different things. And I don't think that political correctness has changed humor. I think humor certainly has changed. Yes. But I think it's more because we are so connected with the Internet and with social media. We're so much more connected. We're mm-hmm. exposed to ideas and people that we would not have been exposed to at this level pre-internet and so we all are becoming a little bit more aware and a little bit more conscious of the impact that words can have on people whose experiences are different from our own yeah and i I mean if you want to label that as political correctness fine i would rather just call it kindness sure respect kindness yes yes respect is another great word for it right and exactly you know one thing and Yes, we did talk about this prior, but it didn't get recorded. So here we go. <laughs> and that's that uh, the vagueness of the term political correctness. Yes. What does it mean? What it is means it? How do we define it? To everyone right. who uses it. Exactly. And so like sometimes when people use it, I just want to say you're just whining and complaining. Uh-huh. You know, because we're in a you know, we do. By and large, people respect each other and are, you know, and are thoughtful towards each other. And yeah. so maybe you need to keep up. <laughs> maybe you are, <laughs> right. maybe you're a dinosaur. Um, maybe, you know, like the, the Donald Trump and Rush Limbaugh yeah. brand of political correctness right. that you mentioned is not political correctness when no. they bash being politically correct. They're just looking for a free pass to be jerks. Right. All I hear them saying it, is, I don't want to be respectful to other yes. people, basically. Yes. 
So can you think of a situation in which the, the term politically correct or political correctness has been used in a justifiable or correct usage? I mean, because mostly I hear it used as a defense to, to silence yeah. somebody else's opinion. Right. Yes. Often used. Yeah. Now it's used as a pejorative more than anything. Right. Yeah. Right. Have so, I used yeah. it used in a positive way? Does it ever, does it have any constructive value? As, as a, guy. a term, as a term, you mean? It's yeah. hard to to think of an example of that, just because right. the definition of it is so vague. You're right, and I, I think I think that it just has become so misconstrued and so ambiguous yeah. that it's kind of useless as a term now. I think what my many people might even be, you know, people who I respect who are opposed to it. I think I mentioned a few comedians, Pat Oswalt, a couple others. I think what they kick against and don't like about it is totally different than what Donald Trump and them don't like. But what I think they don't like is is the vagueness of it. Like, it doesn't mean anything. Maybe that's why we're rejecting, yeah, just, you know, let's stop trying to strive necessarily for this ideal and just let's just be respectful. You know, why does why do we have to throw labels on it and point it out and highlight it when it should be the norm? You know, it should be who we are. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe, you know, it's it's tough because I think highlighting good, respectful, helpful dialogue should be a thing we do. But at the same time, if I highlight it, am I making it seem like it's a strange thing? Do you see what I'm saying? Right. So then so that is behind the idea of political correctness the need to ask the one who uses the term, what yeah. do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean by political, politically correct? I mean, you, you can do that with a personal conversation. I mean, Bill O'Reilly's not going to answer your question. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so. Yep. Oh, or in the middle of a screaming arena full of people who are cheering, you know, Donald Trump for slamming it. I'm probably right. not going to have a conversation, you know? <laughs> right. But, Mm, good. Yeah. Okay, so in terms of comedy, um, let's kind of talk about a little bit, like, what license do comedians have to be edgy and blur the lines between mm-hmm. respect and humor and disrespect? I mean, do they have a license to do that? Well, it's, so, so the, the, li- the license for that is, is historic, I think, in nature, okay. that... I mean, the, the court jester was always somebody who could sure. come and speak truth to power. Right. But the court jester was always considered a fool. <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. And a number of court jesters would lose their heads because they spoke truth to power too truthfully. Yeah. But there was always this intention of, of humor, making a joke out of it, and even belittling those in power so that the truth of whatever it was could be you know, spoken to those in power. Yep. So I think there's an element of a push and challenge especially for those who are in power, to be the, the to, to be ridiculed. Right. Now, what happens, uh-huh. does that mean, is that personal or is that social? For instance, hmm. uh, how many comics make fun of um, middle-aged white guys? I think we're, there's, there's a lot of that toward us, and I think that's yeah. likely justifiable. Right. It may be uncomfortable, but right. it seems appropriate. Yeah, and right, so in a sense of the court jester, so the white male, in a sense, doesn't, is the king who doesn't understand, in a sense, his own right. position, I guess. Right, right. 
like but, but so if we don't get the, but if we don't get the joke, our attempt will be you know from a position of power will be silence the right. comedian. Yeah. So we don't get it, and so we push back and say, "How dare you?" Yeah, because isn't it funny, right? Okay, here's what I always find funny: the people who complain the most about political correct sure hate it when people say things about them. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. That's true. Yeah, right. they can't take it when you dare, you know, make a joke about them or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, when they are quick to play the quote-unquote victim card. Meanwhile, so, so what, dissing other people for playing the what they view as the victim card or whatever, I guess. So when it, when it comes to making you know what you know making making light or making a, you know fun make, making a joke out of this out of something is it is the issue is don't make it personal hmm. you know because leprosy think- leprosy could be really really funny unless <laughs> unless you're a leper or you know right. a leper. Right. I think that there's definitely a, a distinct line between the way a good comedian pushes boundaries yes. and being unkind or being disrespectful. Right. Like a a comedian can make jokes about, you know, racist systems that are mm. in place in our society that bring attention to those issues in a thoughtful way that are funny and poignant or a comedian can just make a racist joke. And there's a really big difference between those two things. Right, right, right. Very true. One of them is pushing the boundaries and one of them is just being a jerk. And those, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that those are the same thing at all. Exactly. And, and one of the odd things is, is your audience. Yes. It, mm. if, there are things that I will say to some people but not to others because right. I know other, some people will understand the sarcasm, the the humor, the whatever it is, right. others would take it, would, would completely miss it and or, or misconstrue it. That actually kind of reminds me of. Uh, do you remember the big flap over Stephen Colbert, and he did a um, impersonation of an Asian person? Do you kind of remember this a few years back, like four or five years ago? And what he was doing? Well, what he was doing, it's kind of a. It's in the vein of his comedy. What he would do is he's, you know, he's making fun te- of um, conservatives, basically. That's, you know, when he was doing the Colbert Report, he was just basically making fun of conservative, you know, extreme conservative Bill O'Reilly type, you know, thought. I guess it's not extreme, but you know what I mean, like that style. And so what he was doing is in that character, acting how that character would act if they were impersonating in Asian. So you see, he was, pur- <laughs> yeah, he was purposely wow. making it distasteful, right? So that you could go, gosh, that isn't, you know, like how, I do know tone deaf Ooh. conservatives who would. That is a bold, bold move. <laughs> right, right. And his audience got, you know, a lot of his audience got it, but there were some people who were not necessarily super mm-hmm. familiar with his work who just happened to like, that's the first, you know, uh, exposure really. Wow. To right. Colbert, and yeah, they were just totally taken aback. And Colbert, you know, he didn't break character on the next episode, but he kind of walked through, you know, <laughs> he kind of continued, to, in a sense, continued it. Like he continued to be that conservative person who is, how dare you, you know, call me on the spot, you know, continuing that character. And but the media, by and large, kind of worked through. And eventually, one of the biggest 
um, people who uh, called foul, she actually, she didn't apologize, but she was like, okay, now I do understand, you know, like going back through, I, I kind of get what he was doing. And mm. while I don't necessarily, you know, I'm not 100% happy with it, I get it, and I, I see what he was attempting to achieve and all that. So, you know, it worked. It did work itself out, and he, it was kind of an interesting thing to see um, because, yeah, you know, somebody who wasn't familiar with what he was doing could totally be thrown off. And so he didn't gain any new members of his audience that day through that. Yeah, it's a, and so for a, for a comic, you, if you have to explain the joke, it, right. it's funny. Right, exactly. It means you're, you're, you have to be in tune enough with your audience mm -hmm. that they get the joke. Right, yep. Mm. Which would seem hard because then how do you expand your audience? Right. You need to almost moderate a little bit of the some of the, the challenge that you may have to your inner circle. Right. You can speak truth to them, but now you've got to be a little bit more careful Yeah, to create a larger audience. Right, exactly. Well, speaking of larger audience, and I mentioned this in our previous recording that people will not get to hear, <laughs> that... Uh, <laughs> so, so sad about that. I know. It, it was so good. It was so good. So good, but... Here's what I want to say is that, um, yes, there are a bunch of comedians who do complain, you know, about, okay, oh, I can't walk into, you know, it was Jerry Seinfeld a couple of years ago. I can't go on college campuses anymore because I feel under attack by college students who aren't going to let me say what I want to say or whatever. And he's probably, in my opinion, that's kind of, he's creating a straw man there, but I digress. I think it's comedians like that who are unwilling to, recreate themselves or be creative, uh -huh. they are going to continue to lose, you know, audience just because they're not being creative. They're not expanding their own yeah. skill set. I, I think know? if you feel like you can't perform because you're under attack, the problem yeah. is not with the audience. Right. Exactly. Adjust yourself. Don't yeah, get so those, stuck in a routine. Those whole you know? crowds of people don't just not understand you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, it, That's right. not what's going on. Right. Right. Yeah, that the, the challenge the challenge is can you become creative enough to gain that audience? Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that leads me to something I want to do, which is we should name a few comedians that we think are doing this well right now. I'll start. All right. <laughs> <laughs> One person I think is doing this very creatively is Aziz Ansari. Yes. I love Aziz. That guy, he's edgy, you know. He, I would not turn him on and let my mom watch him, you know what I mean? <laughs> so he still has that. He still has that edgy quality, and yet he's inclusive. He's diverse. He addresses racial issues but is not an, a total jerk about it, you know. Yeah. He's understandable. He's reachable, authentic. And inclusive. I love it. He's great. Yes. He's very creative. Um, his comedy is so poignant right now, too, because mm -hmm. his family, his parents are Muslims and right. they immigrated to the yes. U.S. as Muslims. And then, and but he was born here. Yes. yes. So it's like, but yeah. He, that's, that's such a, a hot button thing in society right now, mm -hmm. all of the Muslim fear. Yeah. And he has the experiences to be able to really tackle that. Yeah, but awesome. Yeah, he does it in really thought-provoking ways that are also hilarious. Yeah, he's good. So, he's nailing good. it. Good Love for it. him. Good job, Aziz. Yeah. <laughs> Craig, do you have anybody? Do I have anybody? I don't have anybody. Ah! 
No, oh, no. So, so. Uh, How about Zach Galifianakis? That's a good one. How did you know I was thinking about that? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Wow, that's that's like clairvoyant. That's amazing. <laughs> We're in tune. We are so in tune. But you know, so so the previous conversation that we that that didn't get recorded. I think we can keep referring to that. Um, uh, because it does exist. It just doesn't exist in recording form. Um, it's not as if it never took place. But 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 that I think the emphasis. I think you mentioned you know mentioning you know somebody who has a uh, Islamic background, an immigrant background. Generally, when I think of a lot of comics, I think of white men. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, they dominate. And if I push that boundary a little bit, it becomes African American men, but it's still uh-huh. predominantly men. Yeah. Right. And so I think you know what yeah. the, the value of, of a of a woman comic, yeah. you know, is is just as it's almost more necessary because they seem to be less familiar. Right. And so right. That, that's and that's one of the reasons I I like um, I mentioned earlier uh, Chelsea Handler. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. in her show on on Netflix, you get to know her as a person or a personality at least. Yep. And it's it's not so much the stand up comic kind of routine. It's the uh, the interviewer, um, the the, uh, the the talk show host, but it's on her terms, yeah. uh, and, and and it's a it's a fun thing to see. But the other one, the other the other two that that uh, mentioned earlier were Amy Poehler and Tina yeah, Fey. T- yeah, Tina Fey, and and yeah, I think in terms of not only are they funny, but the power that they've created to empower other women. Yes. Yes, I think that's that's just as yes. valuable. I mean, they could have written their parts for you know written written things for other other men, uh, but um, you know, Christina, you mentioned Broad City and Broad then, City, yes, Broad City, so good, uh, you know, <laughs> so good. The uh, <laughs> you know for Ellie Klemper, uh, the uh, yeah, Ellie Klemper, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Unbreakable yeah, Kimmy Schmidt. You know, just, um, Parks and great. Rec, another yeah. one, and these are women driven stories. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, that star women in their leading roles. And, and they're yeah. awesome. They are. Right. They are all so funny. You know who, okay, speaking of uh, female comics who have, you know who's intensely creative and has had like a long career of doing it, continually reinventing herself and still being amazing? Betty White. Ju- well, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, props to her too. But Julie, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. oh she's incredible. I love her. Oh my gosh, she truly is. Her show Veep is yes, Veep. so funny. Yeah, she's great. Um, yeah. Kate McKinnon. Oh, that's a good one. Kate McKinnon. Oh, pretty, pretty darn oh, talented. Yeah, she's Very funny. diverse. She's incredible. I, um, Retta. Are you guys familiar with Retta? No. Uh. Uh-uh. She does not do a lot of stand up, but um, she played. Oh wait, she was in Parks and Rec, right? Yes, yeah, she played yes. Donna Meagle on Parks mm-hmm. and Rec, and she that's was right. so funny in that role. And kind of her thing is her Twitter. That's that's oh, her awesome. avenue for her comedy. She live tweets TV shows, and it's awesome. some of the funniest reading I have ever done. When she live tweets Scandal every week, I just die. Yes. <laughs> she's, uh, yeah, she's so funny. That's fantastic. How about uh, Samantha B? Oh, Samantha B is great. Yeah. She's very good. Yeah, very good. she's a very funny, very smart mm-hmm. lady. Yep. You know the thing I missed out not having, bit of a having cable is I miss out on Samantha B. Yeah. Oh. I know. I know it. Um, what about oh, one we mentioned in the previous? I think doing a pretty good job, Louis C.K. Yes. 
Yeah. Very. Yeah. That guy like hovers on the boundary. On the, uh, like, he sure like, does. I walk away. I okay. So what's interesting, Craig? Uh, Saturday Night Live, right? He kind of makes jokes about pro-life, pro-choice, abortion, and he does this whole routine where like he's famous for this. Well, he'll start out, "Hey, it's this." Well, no, it's kind of this. Okay, it's this. It's totally this. No, okay, it's this. You know, and he walks through those things, and that's mm-hmm. what you do with it. But I don't want to give it away because Christina, you should watch it. But yeah, anyway, you walk away. <laughs> you walk away going. Where does he stand on that issue? I'm not sure. And I'm exactly. pretty sure we're all upset on both sides. <laughs> I, and one thing I'd really liked about that, that opening for SNL last week was that you know, he, he, he kind of went all over the place, but he also presents this base yeah. that looks a little bit lost. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and it's, it's not so much like he's trying to offend the audience or challenge the audience or agree with the audience. It's more like, I'm just trying to figure this out. Yeah. And there's all like. these social norms and rules that are written, but I don't know them. Yep. And am I lost here? You know, and so he's almost like continually checking for feedback. Like, yes. am, I, am I there or not? Yep. Yeah, it's almost like a character, like he is embodying the tone deaf, a little bit white male who's not sure where he fits in anymore. And he's playing it like in a very comedic way that makes you go, okay. This is great. I love it. Yeah, he's, he's playing the tone deaf who doesn't want to be tone deaf. Right, exactly. Mm. It's, yeah. the, it's the struggle. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, he's a pretty interesting character. Um, and, okay, I think we got Hannibal Buress earlier, so I can... Yeah. Yes, I can move that here. So, <laughs> oh, I can't believe we didn't rec- didn't work oh. out. Anyway. That's all right. I've added so many more on the second round. Yeah, so awesome. We're doing. I'm happy about we're doing that. It. We're doing good. We're doing good. Yeah, we can um, totally recreate it, but we're close. Yeah, I don't want to rush things, but I probably got to nope. take off in the next yes. ten or fifteen minutes. No, that's so. actually we probably this is a fairly decent place to wrap up the banter, and yeah. I should say, by the way, you've been listening to Cody, Code Master, Code Man, Crash Test Craig over here. Uh, Christina, without a nickname. The unknown. <laughs> That's very dramatic. No, no nickname, Christina. That's it. Oh. Unnamed. Thanks. We'll work on it. Unnamed Christina. Someday. It has unknown. to happen organically, so That's right. you know, We're we have to give it. it as much time as it needs. Yeah. Um, but the reason we've been talking about comedy and political correctness and stuff like that is because the interview you're going to be hearing is from... Boise comedian J- Sherry Jaffet, who we love. Also a name to throw out there for yes, someone doing it pretty well. Yes, she is so funny. Good. She's good. And very, I mean, our, Craig, our conversation with her, like, it was like not even an interview. It was like sitting down. It was amazing. It was a conversation. Yeah, and it was good. interviews, though. It was so good. It was so Those good. And she's so full of gems. It went all over the place. I mean, if we were talking about comedy, but, I mean, mental health. We talked mm-hmm. about, we t- oh, I mean, it was great. It was good. We oh, talked about okay. sports medicine and athletic yep. training. Yep, yep. Because yeah. that's where she got her degree in, actually. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And she's a makeup artist. She's crazy. She's all over wow. the place. That yep. is, that's a diverse <laughs> life. I yep. like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's pretty cool. All right. And uh, so I hope you enjoy the interview. I have uh, internet access right now because things are going pretty well. And... I'm sure some of you guys are online as well, and I like the internet, but it's very annoying sometimes. Like, does this situation happen to you? You're sitting at your computer, working on something really important, 
And then you just think, man, I wonder if Home Alone 2 made more money than Home Alone 1. I gotta look into this now. Sorry, important work, something more pressing has come up. I do stuff like that all the time. And what's so annoying is once I start looking into one thing, I'll see something else I wanna research. For example, in the Home Alone situation, I'll be looking at that and I'll say, oh wow, Joe Pesci's in that movie. I don't know much about Joe Pesci. Maybe I should learn everything about Joe Pesci. And then I'll spend hours doing all this Joe Pesci research and now I know so much about Joe Pesci. But it's useless information, it's never gonna help me. I never heard of a situation where a guy's been in an alley with a dude with a knife just like, you're gonna die tonight. Unless you could tell me the name of the album Joe Pesci put out when he was a little kid. Little Joe sure can sing. Damn it, you're free to go. How come so many people know that? I gotta stop integrating Joe Pesci trivia into my murders. People know more about him than I anticipated. I always waste time like that. The other night, I was up late. I remembered I'd never seen any of those Saw movies before. They're not supposed to be particularly good movies, but a friend of mine told me, Aziz, you gotta watch Saw 1. The twist at the end of Saw 1 is crazy. And I love twists at the end of movies. So I went on YouTube and I typed Saw ending. Sure enough, the clip comes up. I know what you're thinking, uh, Aziz, you didn't see the rest of the movie, the clip won't make any sense. Don't worry, I'm not stupid. First, I went on the Saw Wikipedia page and I read the plot summary. And when I got to the last paragraph, I stopped. Then I went back and watched that video and let me tell you, I did not see that coming. Actually, I did buy, I'm buying her salad. So. Oh, that's very good. <laughs> I know, and I didn't even expect it. I, I was like just that. showing up. I like that sauce. This that is sauce is good. awesome, yeah. Some of the best fry sauce ever. Oh my Everyone, gosh, so good. if I keep this in the recording, come try Crooked Fence Fries. Delicious. And the steak salad. We keep, we keep, dro- we keep like dropping <laughs> names. We, should, we need to get some, um, some sponsorship. sponsorship. Yes. <laughs> maybe if, maybe some free fries. We'll count you as a sponsor if you throw us some free fries. <laughs> Good so I need to All the taller blue collar podcast slash free fries. <laughs> free fries. <laughs> Pretty good <Yes>. coupon. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. Ooh, look at there's your flight. Ooh. What do you got? Look at all those. See. Ooh, what's that red? What's is that cherry cider? That's the raspberry one, isn't it? Yeah. What what type of cider? Okay, I want to I want to do one of those well, after I'm done with that. Okay. All right, awesome, thanks. Oh, that sounds so good. Look at this, such an unfiltered thing. And yes, that. you can call me girly, but I want a cherry cider <laughs> drink. What does it make you girly? I, <laughs> all right, good. I I was at um. Oh, uh, what's, what's I was at Slattered Rock Brewery this week yeah. with some other track coaches from a different school. Yeah. And uh, just getting together and um. One of them ordered a an imperial stout with vanilla. Oh. They have like vanilla syrups back there that they can put in and flavor the beers. Wow. And the other coach and I just humiliated him yeah, with his girly beer. I figured beer. you might. <laughs> That's too funny. But I kind of want to try it. <laughs> with the <little laughs> vanilla wow, syrup in there. Such a, look, at, look at all that. I know. What is it? That's It's unfiltered, so it's Ooh, live. Oh, it's yeah, rich yeah, yeah. in tetracycline. Yep. So our the, the third co-host I was telling you about, she's sick, and so he thinks she should drink something like that because it has tetracycline in it. So which, nat- natural <laughs> period of malted 
yeast beverages mm-hmm. is tetracycline. I don't know what it means, but it's it's a it's a antiviral. Antibiotic yeah, I was gonna thing. say it sounds like an antiviral, like yeah, um, an, yeah antibiotic. Yeah. So, so that's basically. how they, that's how they purified water back in the Middle Ages is turn it to beer. Mm-hmm. Ah. That's how they got you know scummy, dirty duck pond water really? to be potable. Hmm. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> it's well, still, well, as an <laughs> ale, you know. So, right, right. Yeah, so. <laughs> awesome. I don't drink, so for me it's like. No. Uh, no, I don't drink. You go to comedy clubs and you don't drink. I know. That's probably wise. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> I do, yeah, I don't. At least as the, for the performance itself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I should tell you. One time, I I was in Blackfoot, Idaho, <laughs> and there was some dive bar there that uh, we decided to go see. There was a comedian there, and oh, he really? got drunker and drunker and drunker till by the end, he was just like up there like. <laughs> playing the guitar because he had a guitar he did stuff with oh it was gosh. yeah by the it just devolved into this mess well <laughs> i heard oh a, i heard a clip on the radio or on a podcast this week rick ross getting yeah. totally wasted on stage rick uh-huh. ross and barfing oh, and then coming back to finish oh, he's talking about it like but that's actually funny that he <laughs> that barfed is, and came back to finish his job. That's, like, hey, mm-hmm. he did, yeah, because I'd be done. I'd be but, like, yeah. But that would, <laughs> that would be, I'd, I'd, if your humor depends on barfing, <laughs> right? Uh, you might, might uh, want to find edit your else. work a little bit more. Uh, well, and you know, it's interesting you say that because I just booked the host spot over at Northern Lights. Yeah. The MC spot. And I basically... And it's a paid spot. Yeah. Oh, do you want me to talk into this? Yeah. Okay. Yes, please. <laughs> do we do we need so to slide it? Just, spot. Is it is she in the right spot? For I can uh, scoot spot? in. There you go. Perfect. I can scoot in. Ah, um, yes, that's good. I was telling the headliners, so I'll usually just fill in that spot. We try to give other comics uh, that are still because they've been doing comedy now for twelve years, but I try to give other comics, you know, some stage time, and they get paid for it. And um, but there are some rules. It's got to be PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I ask that you don't. Talk about pedophilia, rape, and uh, um, abortion. Hmm. And the reason why is because I feel like you got five minutes to do material. And if you can't be funny being PG-13 or you can't be funny without talking about one of those topics, then I don't need you to be in that venue. Right. And so to me, it's like, that's fine. I don't know why you find it entertaining, but... That was, I, that was what I was just thinking. Yeah, yeah. you would be so surprised. A lot of them do it for like the shock factor. Well, right, shock. Yep. I'm like, okay, you know what? Shock factor is is like, there's so many other things that you can do for shock factor. Right. Like right. when I tell people that I'm half Asian and I'm crappy at math, now that's a shock factor for people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what? and you know what? I could like steam that? your shirt, but don't ask me to like press it because that's just not going to happen, you know? And when I say like steam, I mean like downy wrinkle release steam, you know, like mist, smooth it out, you know, I'm like that. So, um, and don't assume I like sushi. That's a shock factor for right. people. You know, well, I'm like, really? All Asian people like it. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, not the redneck girl in me <laughs> she likes fried foods and chicken and mashed potatoes and gravy you know yeah, right. it's like so but that explaining that to people that um you know i just i don't i don't find that stuff funny but right. here's the thing is that the owner so it wasn't just me but the owner of the venue um had requested that anybody that goes up please be pg-13 sure well first of all you're getting paid yeah if you want to, if you want to hone and develop your craft, then you should be okay with that. Right. Because I'll tell you what, if you got a job at McDonald's, 
Would you go like, I'm not wearing those khaki pants and the polo and visor? <laughs> I mean, would you? No. no right. You're going to have to wear that damn uniform. Then you're not working. Exactly. I'm an independent contractor. <laughs> right. See? <laughs> right. See? And that's what I was like. For me, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I could um, have like a real, real job because right. I would get fired from all of them. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, though. I don't. The, the stuff that I feel like um, is extreme people some people do find it entertaining i don't yeah, i just don't i don't either really to be honest. i don't i think there's so much more to talk about yeah in a in a funny way and than. and here's one thing that i find i kind of talked to this to you craig more, more about podcasts but it seems like that's just so overdone now like it that's is so overdone. right i mean oh, yeah. the truly i you know i mean like the people that i'm attracted to that i find that innovative don't are they, I, my kids could watch you know for, exactly you know, really Exactly. That's, that's one of the reasons when when I saw that master's class for Steve yeah, Martin. Right. Martin Steve. Mm-hmm. He rarely enters right. into that mm-hmm. past PG. Steve thing. Martin, Robin mm-hmm. Williams was yeah. pretty PG-13. I mean, swear, yeah. swearing, mm-hmm. but... But the stories he would tell were fine. Right. Oh, I mean, yeah. And that's that's amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, yep, yep. And that was my generation. Because uh, right. I'm 41, so I'll be 42 this year. Mm-hmm. I loved Chevy Chase and... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> love Chevy Chase. Yep. And like, how could you not love him? Yep. Uh, Bill Murray and Caddyshack. Uh, you know, Murray's stuff so like the other one that I brought up the other night, which I just, I still laugh till this day about, and I love was Police Academy. Oh, yeah. Police Academy. I loved Police Academy <laughs> because I, I loved um, who? Uh, Bob Bobcat uh, Goldthwait. Uh, Bob, yes, loved yes. his character. I also loved um, the guy who made all the sound effect yeah, yeah. noises. Michael oh, yeah. like Highsmith? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, him. And, um, now, granted, that was more still on the rated R, but oh, even yeah. as a kid, though, right. it's it wasn't not like, like yeah. yep. so offensive. It was still an adult show. Right. right. Yep. And so, but there, to me, and I loved the little the little um, African-American woman that was like, stop, you dirtbag. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, her yeah, high-whining yeah, high voice, but she was trying to be like, mm, you know, <laughs> that kind of reminds me of myself. Yeah. Like, nobody would be convinced. So the, the most influential it. humor movies for me, I think, growing up, not growing up, but in those formative young adult years would be Animal House. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and okay. uh, and the Holy Grail, Search for the Holy Grail. Oh, yeah. Okay. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good stuff. And and to my knowledge, my son, who's 20, has still not seen Animal House. He hasn't? Wow. It's like, I want to do that together. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Oh, that'd that's be awesome. Cool. That would be cool. Because, that, that, I, you know, Belushi in that is just amazing. And just yeah. even some of the strange situations, like with the, the horse in the dean's office. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I did love Belushi on uh, Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live. Um, yeah, so it's interesting how far I go back and I think. But I, a lot of the comics that I watched growing up that I loved was like Red Fox. Oh, yeah. Red Fox <laughs> you know, Eddie Murphy. Yep. All these dirty mm-hmm. comics. But oh, yeah, yeah, here I am on the PG-13 app. Right. And the reality is is that as a female in the industry, you are going to be looked at differently. Yeah. And I, and I don't care. That's fine if that's how it is. But really, I feel like I can... I can work clean any cleaner anyways. So, and but I actually write for other comics, and that material is super dirty, which is great. So that's my other outlet. <laughs> you get it out. That's right. You get yep, it out. I get forever. it out somehow. Yeah, that's yep. awesome. It's their persona. Perhaps, it totally. Yeah. yeah. And oh, the so other cool. the other thing too is with their male comics. Mm-hmm. So they want the female perspective. So it sounds like it's a female coming out of them. Like oh, wow. that was such a female thing. <laughs> you know, like how did he know about all that makeup? Yeah. You know, it's like, how did he know that she was an autumn and that she should have been wearing a bronze (laughs) eyeshadow and not like, how does he know this? That's awesome. Like this whole, so. I know some guys who would know that. 
Right, right. Well, I mean, I okay, so I do, but <laughs> <laughs> I grew up with, you know, I had sister and mom and, you know, and I've got three uh, females in the house, so, you know. Are they wearing makeup? Yeah, I mean, well, no my, well, no, my wife, but, you know. So where are you from, Cody? So I, I grew up in southeastern Idaho, a little Tell town me. called Howe. How? Yeah. Do you know where Do you know where Arco, Idaho is? I do. I actually yeah. grew up in Idaho Falls since I was uh, eight. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you Idaho. Know, Ar- Arco's, awesome. Arco's the big city there. <laughs> right. I was going to say Arco's big city there. Yeah. So How is sixteen miles north of Arco. Okay. Or yeah, sixteen miles, so, and then I was <laughs> five miles north of that. Did you not end up being Mormon? Yeah, I, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Even my father pimped me off to the religion yep. when I was eight. I know. We got up here. He's like, "Oh, take that one." <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just go with <laughs> Just that. Just take one. that one, right? Yeah. No. Yes, I was. It was. I was an oddity. It's true, out there. Um, my mom did say though. She pulled me aside and was like, "Hey, listen. Just date all the Mormon girls, because really, there's no other option." And <laughs> Just have fun. Be relieved, just relieved be, of that burden. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Don't try to find anything else. Because that's all there is. <laughs> that's too funny. Unless you want to date your cousins, but then... Uh, <laughs> which is which is okay. Might be okay around here. So. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so, there, was, there was a study done of uh, intermarriage among in family groups. Yeah. And it concentrated... You know, it did, did these studies. It was several years ago. It was on... Listen to it on uh, NPR. And... As we were talking about, you know, cousins marrying cousins and all that kind of thing, their test groups were in South Central Pennsylvania. Yeah, I think it was Northeastern Ohio. Okay, and South Central Kansas. And all of a sudden, I went, "Oh my gosh!" Uh-oh. They're talking about Mennonites and Amish. Yeah, oh, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, right. right. Uh, yeah. Oh. It's like, oh, I, I bet I know some of those Boy, that people. That sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I know well, some of those people. I, might, I in fact, am related to them all. Well, I'm not. I, I, jo- I joined later. But. Oh, okay, okay. Awesome. All right. So, Sherry, um, yes. grew up in Idaho Falls. Since I was eight. Since you were eight. Okay, oh, yeah. where'd you come from before that? Texas. Texas. Yeah. To North Texas. That's to what we call pretty Idaho. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yep. Really. Yep. And my, even my dad, he's from Oklahoma. Yeah. He's from Oklahoma, so he has a southern accent. And so... My dad always jokes. He's like, yeah, you're from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like... I'm not. I'm like, but you sound like you are, Dad. <laughs> you know, it's like. and, and you can just turn it on, I, I imagine. that. You know, it's interesting. When I'm mimicking my father, yes. <laughs> just like with my mother. No, my mother's from Thailand, so my mother has a very heavy accent as well. So when I'm, when I'm mimicking my mother, her voice always comes out. Yeah. It's not, I can't just speak normal with it. But when I talk about my mom. So a good example, uh, I got off the phone because I was laughing. My mom had called me. My husband's like, what's going on? I go, my mom just called to tell me. Hi, Shay. I want you to know I, I just got back from casino and um, I took, uh, you don't have to buy any more soy sauce or chopsticks. <laughs> I sat there for a second. I go, why did you take a bunch? Yeah, she goes, yeah, <laughs> I lose all my money. I got mad. So I took soy sauce <laughs> and chopsticks. So I have some if you want to come get it. That's what she says. I was like, That's you awesome. live in Washington, mom. <laughs> I know you want me back over Christmas there. Christmas gifts. I know. Exactly. Exactly. And the chopsticks are already wrapped. Little white <laughs> Right, paper. right. Oh, and so awesome. are the little hand wipes that she sends sometimes. <laughs> oh. the, little, the little individual. She's like, oh, you know, Sherry likes these. sends you hand, hand, little hand wipes. You <laughs> kind of wonder if there's an implied message. Right. <laughs> she goes, I know you like these because I always keep them in the glove compartment <laughs> no. in my car. I'm like, yeah, okay, mom. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, I can't, I can't not 
mimic yeah my like family so so mimicking mm-hmm. can really get people into trouble if they aren't part of that kind of ethnic group or whatever that, that inside that it's true i guess and, and do you ever does that ever come back to you uh, uh, that that it sounds negative or demeaning or it, it building up a stereotype that's not correct or but you just go hey this is my story i mean how, how mm-hmm. how's that work well okay Growing up in Idaho Falls, mm-hmm. <laughs> since yep. I was eight, <laughs> obviously there, uh, there's a lot of just close-minded, racist, ignorance, you know, type of. But here's the thing: um, was I bitter growing up there? Yes, absolutely. Not gonna lie. <laughs> but when I left, I realized that being bitter only let them have control of me. Right. Mm. So I learned to let it go and not pinhold everybody and assume that just because you're Mormon or you're white, you're like, you're going to be just like these people. Right. Right. So far from, there's so many amazing people. There's, oh. Thanks. And we don't edit, just so you know. <laughs> oh, okay. No, we do. We do. <laughs> cuss, cuss, cuss. Yeah. Um, oh, well. That we don't matter. We, we don't, don't have the cussing theologian there. on. We're okay. <laughs> yeah, we're, okay, yeah, we got that covered. So. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> well, one of the cussing. There's several. But. <laughs> um, I actually use it to my benefit now because um, I don't let... Because people usually can't tell what my ethnic background is, my first question is like, is there a paycheck behind it? Because I'll be whatever you want me to be. <laughs> I can be Hispanic. I can be Native American. I can be anything. I just can't be African American. I've already tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> or an African American man. I can't do that either because I've tried that too. I was like, yeah, why not? There's some you limitations. Yeah. There's some limitations. Yeah. So um, I find that it's actually a lot of, because I do work with a lot of ethnic people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do. I find that there's a lot of us that don't have that chip on our shoulder. So I'm trying to figure out, like, where does this come from? Like, where does this um, PC stuff comes from? Because we're really not that PC. And right. we don't really care. Right. We don't really care as much as... And, and so we joke for us, like, you know, most of the time it's white people. Why, do they not have anything else to do? Like, we're fine with what we're at. You know, we don't... I don't care if you call me Oriental, you know, Asian, whatever. I don't care if you call me Hispanic. Like I said, if there's, there's like a paycheck fine or even free food, seriously, I don't care. So, so behind that is if there, if you are um, assumed to be one ethnic group or another, mm-hmm. but they're also saying, well, you're not white, so you must be something else. Right. 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 Is, is there like a you're not one of us? And does that ever feel exclusive or like, hey, I'm, I'm halfway? Actually, uh, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it does. But then there's also that part because I'm not on the other extreme that... I am like not included. Like right. Um, right now, with all the racism and stuff, it's like um, it, there, it's always been there. It's just surfaced recently right. since the election. Right. And um, well, was that what brought it on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's surfaced. It's, it's always been there. It's just surfaced. You know. I'm like, well, if people, I guess, if that's what it brings out, at least we know where to weed them out at. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, hey, that's fine. It's like putting that. You know, did you guys ever in the small town do the collect worms so you throw that oh, yeah. like stuff out and, sure, and yeah. the, mm-hmm. yeah, the night crawlers yep. uh-huh mm-hmm. that's kind of how i feel like trump did with the people the racist people <laughs> yeah. yep. i wish i knew what it was i need to look that up but. I, yeah we used to do it all the time and we well one way is to take a rod worms. and connect 
bad electricity to it. Right. right. The, the electricity right. makes all the worms come. Yep. Right. That works. Right. Yep. So, <laughs> so there's a political, you know, similarity. Yeah. Right. Culture right. That's yep. true. Yep. Yeah. That's true. Fascinating. <laughs> Those worms were there all along. Yep. Exactly. They, they were there the whole time. Just needed service. a little yeah. nudge to get them out. And a little well, electric shock. Exactly. <laughs> but here, if you pound a stick and you vibrate it. Yeah, with a hammer, it does the same thing. Really? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Mm. I've never tried it. I'm going <laughs> to try that tonight. <laughs> the ground's too hard. I, but oh. Anyway, so, okay, yeah. I'll, I'm going to take notes. Well, it's still, it it's still mushy right now, so <laughs> it might be a good time to get it. You know, get the rod. Get him going. Pounded down. <laughs> get right there. Um, but yeah, so there, it's it's it draws something out that's always been there. Perhaps. Right. Pretty much. Well, and the thing is, is that I don't believe. Like I, I truly, despite everything that's going on, I truly don't believe that. Um. As far as like humanity goes, I really don't believe that that is the bulk of us, right. what we see in right. the media, because yep. I'm not surrounded by people like that. Right. I don't go to when I go to the grocery store, people are friendly or not everybody, of course, but nobody's looking at me like, you know, even if they're rude, they're generally not malicious. <laughs> right. It's just a general rude to everybody. Right. You want that apple? No, no, I got it. I got it. Right. <laughs> you can have it. Here it is. Nope, no. I'm taking it back. <laughs> no, not that. No, not that. But I mean, like what the media shows, right, you know, right. like the whole the whole world's hateful. Not really. There's a yeah. lot of great people. And, yeah. and you know, I'm, I, you know, I feel like the majority are, uh, you know, not everybody is, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I. I, there is one guy who is a big like Trump supporter, and I just I sit there and I'm like, I just question. I was like, he just the problem I have is not the Republican Party. The problem I have is the 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 hate that is spewed so horribly out of him. Yeah. The hate, the misogyny, right. all that right. type of stuff. Um, that's what I don't understand. Why would you still vote for so, right. somebody like that? Right. Correct. Right. How could you look so, past so that? How can hard. you look past yeah. that? Yes. And so, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to think. So, so as a comedian, as a as a as a you know mm-hmm. as a humorist, so much of humor is built on irony. You know, right. the the surprise from the unexpected and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And you have these people who value who value. Um, Christian values or whatever that religious <laughs> right. And right morality and then here's is. Trump. <laughs> yeah, they support a misogynist, racist. Oh my word! Exactly. I mean, so, so that that's a that's an extreme irony that I look at, and I feel like I'd rather weep. Yeah. Is there a way to laugh at it? Right. And what happens if you could find something to laugh at? Does it build power or does it build antagonism? I think it. Um, <clears throat> Builds avoidance. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. reality. Gonna say, or is it maybe dismissive? You know, just, maybe yeah. that yeah. writes them off as all oh, that's just yeah. Trump. You know, I mean, because you know. what I what I do find in myself is I would rather belittle those who fall into that trap. All <laughs> <laughs> right, but there's got to be something a little bit more ennobling, and and hopefully, because because like you said, I don't meet those people when I when I'm in the in and around the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No, They're I told not that bad of people. Right, and I sit there and I think. No, and I do trust me. There's, a, it's like I, okay. A good example is uh, I had a friend who put a Facebook post that he is totally anti-Trump, of course, but he went about it very tactfully. Like, okay, being that he's uh, the president, can he at least, I don't know, act like an adult? <laughs> I mean, like literally, like just went through just this. He goes and he he approached his um he approached the the very top of the post. It says, "Hello, nation of six year olds." Um, <laughs> like you know, into this hole. And so he goes, "At least I go." I mean, he is um our president. So so then I come and I said, "I bet 
I go, I bet he builds a Cheerio box wall across the kitchen table when he gets mad at Melania. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, just to prove how just childish he right. is and stuff like yep. that. And and so, but, but somebody who's worked in the media, though, too, I hate the news because they just take the, the littlest thing and they, yeah. it's like comedy, actually, right. which is actually something that I do for a living is I take a seed of truth right. and blow it up into my act. Like right. it's not people, they're like, oh, I don't know if it's true or if it's not. I'm like a little bit of it's true. I have a few stories that are like true through the yeah. whole thing. Right. Um, kind of- but when it comes to running a nation, I'm a comedian. That's okay if I do that. Yes, right. <laughs> you you have but, license. Yeah. Right. right, right. I can do that. Right. Not, the president shouldn't be doing that. Right. So that's <laughs> the problem I have is like how I just look and I go, how can you possibly? Because and I'll tell you why. I was raised by a very, my dad's very white, <laughs> very white, honky, blue eyed, southern boy, Republican, religious, refused to vote for Trump. He cannot see that well, but he went to vote, but did not vote for Trump. Hmm. He was like, I am not. He goes, this is not who I want to represent my party. Yeah, that was my mom. My mom Mm -hmm. was the Republican chairperson for her district. Mm -hmm. And when Trump was made the nominee, she was like, no, this is not. Mm -hmm. When I signed up, this is not who... We yep. were right. what I you know what I was thinking so right she and stepped away those and are the people vote. I admire it's yeah. like okay you stand true to what you believe and yep. what you've always supported but you don't want to support him because he's running in the party good for you yep it's like going to honestly it's like going to church and if you know that the the priest is either stealing or this and right. I was like wait a minute you aren't gonna represent me right. I don't care if you are in the leadership you know you right. are in the the, yep. the leadership right. but if you're stealing and you're you know raping or yep. whatever any of that you're not representing me. So that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. It's like good. you can still truly believe like who you are. And if that was the way, you know, if this is where your views are, I think we all should have to work for, <laughs> you know, we all should have to work and pay our dues. Right. We should all be able to help each other. But honestly, I feel like we shouldn't all treat each other like we're better than just because somebody has more money. Right. I wouldn't. I mean, really. And when you die, what are you going to have? Not your goods and not your money. Nope. You know, it's like, <laughs> no. what are you going to take with you? Right. Uh, that's good. So, <laughs> I don't know. That's the way I uh, see it. Yeah. All right. So now I want to hear a little <laughs> bit about where where did you get the comedian? Like, where did you get the sense that, hey, comedy should be something I do, that I do? When you were young, where, did somebody come up to you and say, you know, hey, you're funny. You know, you should really think about going into comedy. You are in comedy? Well, okay, so I actually thought I was going to be a choreographer. Yeah. I thought I was going to be Paula Abdul because that was <laughs> oh, my so you're a dancer. Well, no. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> That's you what just, I wanted to okay. be. You just wanted to c- control people. I aspired, yeah. I aspired. I wanted to show people dance moves and do routines and stuff like that. Yeah, I wanted to control their dance moves. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> that's what I wanted to do. Um, and then... I well, I've always I loved comedy. Just growing up and watching, I never thought I would grow up to be a comedian. To be honest, yeah. it, but I think for somebody like me, um, I've been attention deficit my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. That my impulsive behaviors would get me in trouble, so I would laugh right. and make jokes to get myself out of right, it. Yeah. So it was like my like my saving, yep, right, my saving. Right. But because there are a lot of other outlets that could have happened. Right. And so, but mine was laughter and joking about it and just being a little like, okay, (laughs) 
I know I shouldn't have flicked my Cheerios at the little kid in front of me, but I did, and now I'm in trouble. Sorry, you That's know. Awesome. And we're like, but it's kind of funny, you know. Can you, like, can you remember like the very? Is there a moment that really jumps out that sticks out that like people just busted up laughing, and you're like, yeah, and you still remember that moment? Oh my gosh! Like, what's the earliest? That just earliest? like people were rolling on the floor. Maybe oh not. My maybe not rolling. Maybe not <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, but like they're busting up, and you're like, you got to charge out of it or something. <laughs> I don't. I actually don't think I started being um, until I started waiting tables mm. when I was oh, like wow. 19. Oh, really? mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. So that's when it kind of began to click. That's when it started to all fall in, and that's. I think that's also contributes to being a cleaner comic. Sure, right. Because I can't, okay. you can't do that to your table. Right, that right, right. You can't make assumptions that they're going to find something funny. You go, right. go easy. Right. right. Instead of like crass or raunchy, right. you know, it's right. like, uh, I think also part of it is that people are just in general, like when they come in, they're, they either treat you like you're the scum of the earth or yeah. they're very courteous. Right. And so, you know, when you get people that are like, okay, here's a good example. I waited, I, I waited tables at Applebee's when I moved here. Mm-hmm. And my best friend, he bartended, and he's also half Asian, but he, he's mixed. So sometimes you can't you can't tell what we are. Right. <laughs> and so, um, so he went to wait at the table, and the guy said to him, literally said to him, he's like, he goes, I want to get the blackened chicken fettuccine, but you could have the little Asians in the kitchen pick them out, the peppers <laughs> out of the sauce. Oh, and he's half Asian, so his mom's from, and he's like, I can't believe he just said that. <laughs> And so he comes wow. back to me, yeah. And I'm like, so the, in the sauce, I already had the peppers. He goes, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to take this plate to that table and tell him you picked the peppers out. <laughs> and he told me the story. What oh, happened? Wow. I thought, oh, what a jerk, gladly. <laughs> so I took the food up to the table and I set it down. I go, and I picked a pepper out for you. Anything else? No, no. <laughs> he could not look up to me at all. He went like this. He goes, no, that's good. <laughs> Whatever you pay here, I'm gonna. Eat. And they were in and out fast. Oh wow! But that was fun. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> good thing you were there. Yeah, it was a good thing I was there. Yeah, oh, <laughs> the wow. little short Asian and that. I stop, wash dish, come serve your plate, and pick up pepper for you. You know, it was like, who says that? Like, really? Wow. What? Yeah. Wow. So it's just I, you know, some of the stuff that I would hear, I was just, you know, and so that's where I, I felt like, and I would write material yeah. all the time, write material all the time. When somebody that I loved growing up was Roseanne Barr. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I loved her was because she didn't sugarcoat. Yeah. She didn't sugarcoat issues, um, and I liked that about her. I believe that if we don't educate our kids about sex. Um, you know, everything that goes along with that, um, you know, anything that, uh, that like where we grew up, if you were gay, oh my gosh, you know, you know what? They're still humans. And I know a lot of wonderful people that are gay. So Mm -hmm. it's like, why, why do we, why do, why do people like fear monger and it just spreads so much hate? Like why? Like, I don't understand that. So what I loved about her was that she didn't sugarcoat stuff. Don't try and avoid things, you know. Do you honestly think that every child's going to wait until they get married to have sex? Right. No. Right. Yeah, exactly. Don't, they don't? They don't, right? <laughs> no, exactly. So what is How the, old are your girls, Cody? <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Just, uh, so we, you want to let them know. What nah, the nah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, nah. We want to let them know what happens if they do decide <laughs> right. to engage in that right. activity. Right. And so educating them so they're like, oh, maybe I don't want to get myself in those situations right. no matter how much I like that boy. Right. You know what I mean? So, so, so humor has to take on s- 
serious issues. I mean, that's what 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 captured th- your attention about her humor. Yeah, I feel like for me, in a lot of ways, um, it's my it's the best way for me to deal with stuff a lot of the times. Right. Okay. Uh, because I could, like I said, go another route. I could yeah. be doing drugs or doing other, you know. Right. Other and those are always viable options, right? <laughs> right, right, time, yeah. right. Yeah, totally. They yeah. totally are. Right. Might be <laughs> expensive. Career killers, too. <laughs> right. But, uh, but, you know, in the moment. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. And, <laughs> and expensive. <laughs> like. And so you brought uh, some material from a class that you took. Was that like your entryway into comedy? Or did you do some that stuff first and then you're like, I might need to go to some class for this or something no so what i what i did okay so when i was waiting tables i would write i would always write down material Mm -hmm. on napkins or i'd write down on the paper and i'd save it so i like had just for actually quite a few years would collect material awesome um then i decided to go to acting school Mm -hmm. uh i took improv took acting and i thought okay where where do i need to go in that time we had the funny bone so i went to a couple open mics and saw it and i'm just thinking okay like what should i be doing exactly and and then I was watching TV and they had the Boise Film Festival. Yeah. And I saw that they were looking for volunteers and I thought, something told me I need to volunteer for that. And <laughs> I don't know why, but something told me and I needed to follow that. Yeah. And the first night I get there, I look across the, because I was, I was stationed at, a, the, um, at this table. So for each, uh, they, they directed us quite a while ago, so I'm trying to remember. But I remember looking down. And I saw Pat Mack, mm. who was my mentor. And I remember, and I saw him, and I, w- I remember him opening up for David Spade. Right. And I went, that is exactly why I'm here. What year was that? Oh, gosh, 2004. Yeah, I went to that David Spade show. You did? Yeah. Yes. Oh, really? <laughs> 2004. And I saw him at the open mic. So, oh, nice. Yeah, so I saw him at the open mic. And um, so I knew that was why I was there. And so I went up to him. And the stupid, she's like, hey, didn't you ever produce me? He goes, yeah, yeah, I did. And I was like, you know, I, I've always wanted to do comedy. <laughs> you know, I was like, I want to do stand-up too. And he told me, no, he didn't tell me at that time, but he told me a month later. So he said he had these classes that he did once awesome. a month to help give structure. Because right. honestly, it's really funny how people are like, I just go with the dream. I'm like, okay, but do you have a plan to get to that dream? Right. You know, right. it's right. like, you don't just, they just doesn't happen. Just doesn't it just doesn't happen. And so um, I went to his class and like within a month, you know, developed a, a set to do an awesome. open mic. And it was great because you, in that class, you know, you have all the other comics you kind yep. of bounce off yep. of. and um, Collaboration. Awesome. Yeah, it was great. And, and wow. we got to do it at the Funny Bone. Ah, so cool. we actually got to be at this on the stage in the right. venue, not just somewhere else yeah. doing it, you know. And so, uh, did my first open mic, fantastic. I did three more, and then ended up getting my first paid gig, and yeah. that rarely, really ever happens, mm-hmm. and from my understanding. And since then, I've been a paid comic, been on, uh, been on the road. Boise was really good to me, so going on the road was brutal. Yeah. So and it was great though because I learned to become stronger. Yes. As a comic, I felt like Boise was really easy. Like you guys are so nice, and then I go to Wenatchee and get chewed up and spit out, <laughs> and sit in my hotel room and cry in Lewiston oh, no. to my husband about it. Oh, no. I was like, I don't I'm know why I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. He's oh, like, no. and this is what he said: Are you in your period? <laughs> <laughs> and I go. 
no. When I see an Arby's outside my hotel window, I'm going to go get something to eat. And yes, I know where you're talking <laughs> you, you about. You know exactly where I'm talking about. And I went to Arby's. And so, um, but it was Pat that did. And um, he told me about, he told me like a month after when I came up to him and said that. He said, I didn't believe you. He goes, I didn't believe you when you came up to me. And you said, he goes, yeah, right. This attractive chick wants to do comedy. I go, you're such an ass. You know, I was like, that's what you thought? And he's like, he's like, yeah, she's not even going to be funny. You know? Oh, no. like, but then I just totally, like, I'm still to this day one of his favorites and his pride and joy because I just flourished. Yeah. But I also worked really hard. I took a beating right. on the road and yeah. I had a lot of great shows. Um, but honestly, going on the road and being in these dive bars and things like that, you know, that's where you build your character. That's, oh, yeah. You, get, you build your that's, strength. That's the proving you know. ground right there. Yeah. But one of the things that, uh, that, that you mentioned was, you know, Starting in Boise, but then going way out to Wenatchee. You know, it's like <laughs> not, not too far away. But, but in my mind, I'm wondering how much of, uh, and it just may be a, a way a person is formed rather than a way that a comic is formed. Is it, is oh, it, is yeah. it difficult to reach outside of your environment? Uh, how much is it, it is local, cultural, contextual? Well, yeah. and, well, or is it regional, kind of Northwestern? Or does, does that ha- affect humor or? Uh, and, you know what? And, and does it does it translate to say you know Macon, Georgia, or you know Evanston, uh, Illinois? I can totally see what you're saying. Uh, Midwest, I can definitely say was a little bit harder for me okay. as far as an audience mm-hmm. goes. Uh, well, because they don't share their emotions. Clearly, <laughs> they're laughing, but it's just <laughs> it's deep down inside. inside. Yeah. It, it clearly. Yeah, I was a pastor for those folks. Loved them, but. Yeah. Very, so, well, so for all I know, then maybe they did like me. They just didn't show it. Yes. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, huh. I was like, okay, I'm not this at the Piggly Wiggly down over yeah, here. Okay, was, I don't well, need I mean, this where, from that's, you that's guys. That's where we had the joke that, you know, they sing this song. I got the lo- joy, you know, the, 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 the joy, 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 the joy, 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 deep down inside. It's way, way deep. Way, way deep down inside. inside. Why like, is that? <sighs> Who too knows? Much, yeah, too, too much south wind, too many dust storms. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Oil rigs, something. Something, yeah. Tornadoes. Right. Yeah, they're just okay. like you know. it tames people. <laughs> Apparently, because hey, look I at that crop. Like, it's perfect. Oh, tornado. Sorry, uh, no yep, harvest. Yeah, they know. can't. Exactly. Right. Maybe they can't get emotionally invested. <laughs> yeah, right. in so. anything. Well, okay then. Yeah, that's like <laughs> it's it's uh, it's a lithium environment. Okay. So just. Um, Okay, so everybody has bipolar there? Is well, that no, no, just saying? nobody gets too high, <laughs> nobody gets too low. They're just kind of in the middle. Oh, no, the opposite. Well, so then, okay, um, the like in California. So I went to, um, I, I stayed in like a good solid nine weeks in Burbank in the summer of 2012. Hmm. So three days in, I got my first showcase at the Comedy Store. Oh, nice. Got a standing O. Oh, sweet. Down wow. there. It was amazing. Then I was booked for like this whole nine weeks, and then I got called back to go to the Pasadena Ice House to get my first paid gig. And my aunt that lives in Burbank, she's like, that never happens. Like, you're really lucky to come down here. And I go, I go, I don't know if it's really luck. I go, because I've been on the road for eight years. Yeah. Right. And I have been developing and developing and developing my material and fine tuning it. So when I got on stage, they knew that I was seasoned, very seasoned, not just up there telling jokes right like, yep. and on top of the fact that i was also so my mentor and pat 
when he I told him I was going down, he goes, oh, he goes, you're going to do great. I was like, why? It's like a melting pot down there. I go, why would I do great? And I wasn't being negative. Yeah. I was just kind of pointing out there's so much more diversity. Like, right. what would make me stand out? He goes, no, he goes, you're going to be, you're going to get noticed. That's what he said. Mm. And he did predict it. I mean, he did. And I was, I'm not going to say I wasn't happy about that. But in my head, I don't want to set myself up for that. Right. Right. I want to just be like, okay, you know, I'm probably going to go get chewed up. I'm going to learn from it, get spit out. And yeah. yeah. That's how was my <laughs> right, whole. Right. Right. It's a and learning experience. It's a learning yes, experience. there you go. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> and so when I finally coaxed it out of him, I said, "Well, what what makes me different?" He goes, "Well, you, you're not a bimbo." <laughs> Oh, there you go. There you go. And I sat there for a second. There was a That's pause. That's a tagline. That's a brand. I yeah. like that. I was like, Sherry J. Fit, not, not a bimbo. bimbo. And I hear that. And I sat there for a second. I go, well, I could be. <laughs> do you think like, that's what they need? I, I, can, I can do that. Yeah, is is there right. money behind it? Is there money? Right? Is there money? Right. Exactly. Is there money behind it? So, um, but yeah, it is different everywhere. Now, my daughter lives in Connecticut, so I'm actually looking forward to see Ooh, what yeah. that's going to be like. Ooh, yeah. You know, it's uh, so we. I, I've lived in Philadelphia. Lived okay. in Kansas. Grew up in Arizona. Live uh-huh. out here because it's Western. It feels more like where I grew up. Uh-huh. Right. Um, yeah. Culturally, not 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 climate, but uh, you know, living in Philly, uh, visiting New York, being down in D.C., it's a completely different pace of yeah. storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, living in Kansas, it's a very different pace of life and storytelling, and it seems like there's some ways of just the mechanics of delivery. I don't know if you notice yeah. that that you even have to. Deliver the same material, but do you deliver it in a different a manner different with different oh, audiences? Timing, different timing, different, yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, sometimes I do. Sometimes I have to. Um, I totally get what you're saying now. Yeah, uh, sometimes I do. Yeah, so hmm. Connecticut, you, you got you to speak fast. Gotta, what, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah. So. Uh, right. Uh, Boston. Like that whole area. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah. yeah. So oh, man. Now, the one thing that I have learned is when I'm with traveling is start kind of researching who these people are, right. like where they yeah. come from culturally. Right. Mm. Uh, even well, I know we're all in the U.S., but we're still all different. You right. know, right. Right. Oh, yeah. Places. Oh, so, diff- very much. And you know that from being a pastor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is the term? <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that one. We'll go with that one. Church guy. Yeah. Uh, I used to use ecclesial pathologist, but that, oh, was, boy. Too, that was too much. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that didn't make any sense. So. <laughs> or money. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, speaking of... Writing new material. No, not you. Her. <laughs> Speaking of money. Writing new material for different places. So has any of that changed over your, the course of your career? So I heard one time I heard a comic say, you know, way back when, I could do the same material for years because there weren't people videotaping it or recording it. So I, I showed it here. They didn't know about it across the country. But it, I do it here now, and everybody knows about it. So I always have to reinvent and do new wow, material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that like for you? Is it, have you noticed that? or and, and how hard is it to write new material? Uh, I write every single day, okay. believe it or not. I write every day. Uh, does it always end up on the the, get, the set list? No. Right. Um, how do you know I, what to put in the set list? Yeah. that's well. Like okay. When you write it, like how do you know if it's going to work or not? I mean, isn't it all good? Yeah, you would think. I would love to think that. I know. I would 
love to think that. I, it, what's interesting, okay, so I write a lot of stuff that I'll post on Facebook. Yeah. I'll post on Twitter, yeah. things like that. And I, you guys are like my testing grounds. Right. Like, right. Mm-hmm. How, much, how much response am I going right. to get from this? Now, what I've learned is that there have been a few things where it just blew up on Facebook, like people loved, right? Yeah. What did I write? On stage? Nah. <laughs> the delivery, like it was hard. Yeah, it was right. hard to reformat it to deliver right. it on stage yep. yeah. to get people to find it entertaining. It just was not as yep. entertaining delivered on stage, as opposed to another, like the other way around. Like mm. the material ends up being great right. on stage, live hearing but, it. Yep. Yeah, live hearing it. But then on, you know, when they're reading it, they're like, ah. mm. yeah. so <laughs> yeah, it really actually depends. So yeah, I do write every day. I pull cool. from everywhere. A lot of people are always. <clears throat> curious about obviously the ethnic sure I've, I've even heard people in venues being like no I bet she's Native American they didn't even hear me like <laughs> you know and I'm listening so that right there was in my brain I was racking mm. I was like okay this is how I'm going to open up my set I'm going to go nice. you're wrong you know, like, <laughs> you're wrong out, I heard you you lost the bet fork over the money you know it's like that kind of and then they're like all embarrassed Oh. Like she heard me. I was like, "Yeah, you know you're not whispering, right? It's like you yes. are in a bar. Everyone's loud. Here. Everybody's loud here, right? That's awesome. And my ears are turned way up oh, right yeah. now. Yep. And so uh, that could be a fun game show. Guess where I'm from? Right? Exactly. <laughs> yep. Guess where I'm from? I've tried that. That's a guessing game. Well, I I had um, I I did when I very first started. That was a really big uh, my ethnic my ethic, and I do still have that a little bit of that my act, but I have been steering away from that because yeah. I feel like I have so much more to offer. Sure, right. And yep. so developing um, I just last year started talking about my ADHD. Mm. Opening up, yep. I started gaining a whole new audience. Over right, it. awesome. And they love it. Yeah. Like they just, and it was for me. It was like I can't believe this is something that I. My whole entire life, I never really understood till I was diagnosed. But then again, I was like, but there's so much science like yeah. behind how we function. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, this whole time I was like growing up in Idaho Falls. <laughs> and so they're like, she's just like not like I wasn't intelligent. Not actually, normal. I'm very intelligent. She's not <laughs> okay. Yeah, she's right. not okay. Yeah, no, exactly. but yeah, no, you actually were. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. It was like it was that very. Um, so. I started getting a whole new audience just talking about it, awesome. like in explaining to people what it is. It's people who who are ADD or ADHD. We all have these neurotransmitters that fire off. It's just that when you're wired like somebody like me, they don't they fire off, but they're so defunct they don't connect. All right. So we're on the other end, and that's why they that's why they prescribe like stimulants. Because I asked, I was asking, I was like, so what does the stimulant do then? Right. Um. She says, well, what it does is that it slows down those neurotransmitters to connect mm. so I can focus better. And right. I sat there. And for me, which was incredibly devastating, because had I done cocaine in high school, I would have graduated <laughs> on time. Like, I'm just I'm thinking, really? All that? That's all, all it that? took? Now you, tell all, now you tell me? I could have like, been valedictorian. Exactly. That's exactly. I would have been valedictorian. The world would have slowed down. Right. And I would have... <laughs> Which, which led into another, uh, a whole other list of things of why I can't drink a lot of caffeine. It makes me sleepy. Yeah. Um, adrenaline um, calms me. That's why I ride motocross. Mm. Um, that's why I skate. Because that, that adrenaline yep. just calms me. I don't have to focus on wow. anything else but me. Like, wow. everything's shut out. And so for me, it's like, um, I love watching horror movies because they calm, calm me. you down. It's such wow. a freakish thing. <laughs> I know. So, so, so I'm so, such a 
<laughs> so with of Nirvana I right know. now. I don't mean this that you have to put a put a target on your back in uh-huh. case anybody ever listens to our podcast. But does that mean you're like the perfect person to mug? <laughs> oh, nice to meet you. Actually, actually, no, because I do have a bit. Okay, so so I mean, how does shock happen or, or immediate alarm? Oh, that's funny you say that. Okay, so like I actually had there was a guy who had. Um, one night at the grocery store, he was profiling me, thought I was by myself, uh, and I sensed it. And you know what? I hate when you don't pay attention to that. If something's telling you something's not right, I it told me, listen to it. Right. Yeah. Don't act like, you know what? Okay. You know, that's not normal behavior for a guy to just kind of like walk by you, but look at you, you know, not just glance over because he's a bit like, look to see, you know, not Where's once, twice, marriage? multiple times. Yeah. I go to check out, I go out to my car, pop, and I could just feel. And sure enough, he had came out and he was walking by and I was loading the stuff in my car and I had put my purse in the front down by my by my gas pedal mm-hmm. before I even started loading. And he comes, he's like, so he's like, do you have any, do you have like a dollar or some money? Like, and I was like, I actually don't because I didn't. And I wouldn't have given it to him anyways because right. I'm like, and I, yeah, and I kept watching him. And putting this stuff in, and he's like, I go, I don't have, he goes, not even a dollar, and started getting upset. Oh, wow. And I said, and instinctively, somebody was like, uh, no, I go, see all these groceries? These are off of food stamps. Okay, I guess they don't do food stamps anymore, so he wasn't paying attention, think, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> I don't know how that works, because I, you know, it's like, yeah. I go, see, this is like, I go, I'm a single mom with kids. And then he slowly started to back up. And I sat there, and I was like, okay. He, you, he was clearly on drugs. Mm. I could tell he was on something. And so um, then he was trying to ask me for a... Uh, not right now. I'm good. Thank you. Um, then he starts to walk, and then he comes back. He goes, well, can you tell me where, like, he was asking for what place was. And I go, oh, you can just go up the hill. Because I was watching him. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't going to move my eyes from him. And... Um, I go up to him. He's like, "Well, could you like?" He wanted to ride. Are you kidding me? I'm not giving you a ride. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, no way. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like, so he and I ended up getting in the car safely. I went home and I sat there. I told my husband. My husband was worried. You know that he's like he, oh, yeah. he had clearly was profiling you. Saw so you were alone. You were smaller than him. Yes, I was smaller nope. than him. So I said, you know what? I just I go. I feel like if I don't call the grocery store and tell them, I go. I'm afraid I, if I have to wake up tomorrow and somebody else gets hurt. Right. Because I didn't report this. Because he wasn't supposed to approach me anyways on private property. Right. I go, I will be devastated. Like, it will just tear me apart yeah, knowing I could have prevented something. Yeah. And so I called the store manager and I was telling me, he goes, oh, so he approached you in the parking lot. I said, yeah. And he goes, okay. He goes, what do you look like? And I started to describe what he looked like. He had like this denim jacket, but he had like the hood under. And he goes, is that hood r- red? And he's, was he carrying a bag in his hand? I go, yeah. And he goes, he just walked right by me. He went back into the store. Mm, to start all over again. Start all yep. over again. Yep. Wow. And so with that being said, with that, I was very calm. So it's hmm. funny yeah, you say yeah. that. I was calm in a yep. very stressful situation. So it, you situation. are not the person to be mugged. Right. <laughs> because you I'm are, thinking. <laughs> you're, you're clear-handed. <laughs> yeah. clear-handed right. Well, today, That's so amazing, really. you said that today you're... Uh, her car, the mirror on her car was broken. And on Facebook, you posted the picture and you said, "I wasn't, I wasn't, I was annoyed, but I wasn't mad. I wonder if it's the same deal. Like maybe you had that, you saw it, and like, 
the stimulation kicked in and it calmed you. Right. Yeah. And that's what I wondered. I was actually kind of surprised I didn't lose my shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> does, does that affect the way you do observational humor? Uh, could you do Because I think of... One, I, I just love to watch um, Robin Williams do mm-hmm. his, you know, hour-long shows. You know, watch some of those old old uh, videos. Begin with a story, and then it just goes off in every other direction, <laughs> right. all over the place, mm-hmm. and kind of like squirrel, and all of a sudden dashes off to another story. You don't really get this sense of theme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then he would bring it back to the last story. Mm-hmm. which could be the sad clown break your heart story. Mm-hmm. And it ties perfectly with what he did at the very beginning. But you get this sense of this world is filled with things to draw your attention, attraction and draw you in so many different ways that somebody with an attention deficit would just maybe notice more of those things than yeah. people like mm-hmm. myself would get focused on one thing Hyper and see one tunnel thing vision. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Tunnel vision. Yeah. And it, it, so then does treating the attention deficit have an effect on mm. missing things? Yes, because I cannot take my medication before I do a show. Yeah. Okay. It does. It calms me, and I don't have the impulsivity. Right. I don't have that energy. The I energy. don't have yep. that. So I loved that you asked that because people who don't – I feel like at times when I try to explain it in just like the most layman terms, they're still not grasping it. So when I tell them, the medication is there. Uh, the medication is there to help me just through like the normal stuff. And, and a lot of the times I can. I've created so many good habits because of my medication. Yeah. And like just creating structure, creating. And it's so important whether people want to believe it or not, even as a creative, having structure is one of the most important oh, yes, things absolutely. you can ever have. Very yeah. free. It's yeah. actually freeing in a lot of ways, the yeah. structure it for is. a creative. It is because when you start to write. So like with my comedy, I have a flow to the whole set. Mm-hmm. So when I'm writing, everything, it's lumped into sections like what you were yep. talking about. So I'm not... Where before in the beginning, my material was bouncing all over the place. Yep. Yeah, but now that I know how that's supposed to work when mm-hmm. writing, I do create a flow. So when I'm yeah. grabbing new material, like with my son, some new material with my son. Like he's a 13-year-old boy. Boys are just different. Uh, oh, yeah. Like he had his friend. And now, like, yeah, all the, they're just different. All you say, I have to say is 13-year-old year old boy. Yeah, oh. yeah. So his friend, yes. a good example. Right. ground for... <laughs> right. A good example that I'm learning is that, um, so his friend stayed the night. His friend came out. He was the first one to wake up, and I saw a penis drawn on his face. And I was like, in my head, I was like, well, you were the first one to fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, so who traced their penis on your face? You know, that was like, he's like, what? And my son comes walked out, and he's like, he doesn't know. Obviously. You know, I'm like. Oh man! You know, just kind of entertained, obviously, oh, by yeah. it all. But yes, it does. It does. It calms yep. me when I'm, and it does. It affects. It ruined a show actually one time when I figured it out. That's how you figured it out. Yeah. Okay. Once I figured it, out, I was like, "What the hell happened?" <laughs> it was awful. I was way too mellow. Kind of the right. Stephen Wright approach. Uh, right. I love Stephen Wright, but right. I, yeah, I couldn't do it. But he is great. Right. <laughs> He's so awesome. Oh. But yeah, yeah. So structure, I, even in other things like, uh, so I, I write some poetry, and when I sit down and I just write, I mean, it, it can go all over the place. But there are certain forms or structures of poems mm-hmm. that if you try to, okay, I'm gonna, this is what I'm gonna do. It allows you to really focus in on this is okay. This is what I'm working right. on. I can cut away this stuff, and I produce something rather than right. just this. Things everywhere, you right. know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. So, yeah, I like that. Interesting, Love it. yeah, because I've never, um, 
well, maybe as a teenage girl, but I, I didn't even think of it as a poetry either. Yeah. But yeah, that makes complete sense mm-hmm. because it does have to have a flow. Yep. Right. That's it. Same with comedy. It has to yep. have a flow. So, um, <clears throat> and these are all things I'm just still learning over the years. Mm-hmm. I, it's nonstop. As long as I've seen some comics just get in a rut. Yeah. And they just continue right. to do the same thing, but they don't progress. And then they get even more depressed. And I'm like, well, you're not doing anything about it. Right. And, and I'm that type of person to point it out when they're asking. I'm not going to sugarcoat. Because right. honestly, if I want to better myself, don't sugarcoat crap. Right. Tell me what, Tell, yeah. what, from your perspective, right. Let me what know. do you think I should do better? You, so, so you mentioned creating structure around yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've mentioned just taking care of yourself. Yeah. Kind of kind of nurturing that, 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 um, that creativity. How, how do you... Is there is there um how do you how do you maintain all those disciplines? What what keeps you um uh, going? I mean, what, what I mean what what's at what's at the heart of all that? Because it sounds like an awful lot of work. It is a ton I mean, of work. Uh, with with additional challenges. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, you know, there's there's family challenges, there's yeah. financial challenges. Well, she, and she has another job on and top. Right, She's right. a makeup artist. So, so, so you've got all these things to juggle. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you nurture that spark just to keep it going? Um, it kind of goes back to observation. Okay. Like when you're talking about observational, uh, I a lot of my stuff is actually observational right. and yeah. also touching reality, like how we see things and how we, and how somebody from my mind, um, when people with like, when I was talking about ADHD, I was talking about how, no, I go, why don't you guys just cater to us? Why should we cater to you? Mm. That was my whole, it's like, you know, and, and, and getting people to understand like where I'm coming from. Um, but how do I continually feed it? Uh, well this past actually now about a good year and a half, um, I told myself I needed to retire from makeup and production. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of doing it all. I'm exhausted. I'm actually very burnt out. I think I've gotten very burnt out, very grumpy, very, um, <laughs> it's just too much. Like right, in production, right. as a makeup artist in production, I mostly just do like um, TV and uh, editorial type stuff. So I don't do, so I thought if I scaled it back, that I would, so I do a lot of our billboards, I do a lot of our commercials, I do a lot yeah. of that type of stuff as a makeup artist. I thought if I scale back and don't do weddings and don't do all that other, that that would help give me more. Now it's kind of to the point of where it's not. Yep. I'm not. So my goal was to get a lot of de- debt paid off, including my car. Got a lot of debt paid off. I'm like pretty much debt free, my personal debt, debt free. I don't have any credit cards. I don't have a car payment. Wow. Yeah, so setting those goals. And I honestly have to say that me being on medication and having the right people and tools in front of me and the will to be okay with that yep. i'm gonna have to start learning better habits right. um that plays a huge role of where i'm at because people think attention deficit or like i actually had a doctor she thought maybe i was bipolar i go no i already went down that route and i'm not here to see you for that anyways i was, a little annoyed. <laughs> I was like i've been going as like i just said i absolutely love and i was not in denial if i was bipolar fine then let's take care of it right you know i'm not because but i wasn't she just didn't understand she didn't understand. I felt like she didn't quite. It wasn't her field anyways. It's right. like you don't go to a chiropractor to get dental work done. You <laughs> Let's know? adjust that tooth. Right. Yeah, just, just, yeah, just my, you know, like that. Right. So it's like, but I I learned, I think it's the um, the dopamine, like the increase of dopamines that, that make me laugh mm. and the, the writing. Yep. And even if it's just me laughing to myself, it yeah. does still create that. Yes. Yeah. And yep. so we I, all need some dopamine boosts throughout right. the day. And yes. I'm randomly oh, yeah. doing those yeah. to myself. 
Uh, and sometimes that's better than potato chips, coffee, uh, chocolate, uh, whatever. It totally yeah. is. All that yeah. stuff is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> too. Not gonna well, lie. because they give you a dopamine rush. Yeah. That's right. right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then makes me feel bad and guilty. Like dopamine chips. Love right. them. <laughs> right. That'd be a great brand name for, for <laughs> potato <laughs> chips. Dopamine, dopamine right. chips. Dopamine right. chips. <laughs> awesome. You want some dope? <laughs> I mean, I mean chips. I mean chips. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Pitch that to Lance. Wow, I love Get it. All these fancy I love it. Out. <laughs> That's it. You said you write every day. Is there a what does that look like? You mean you bring a notebook with you everywhere, or do you actually sit down, physically sit down, and from this time to this time I'm writing? Well, okay, so let me go back a little bit. When I very first started comedy, I would always hear people say, You have to sit down and write from this time to this time. Like spend two hours writing. Right. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen with not me. I was happen. like, then I'm never going to be. Uh, but then I realized I was like, as somebody, and this was right, this is actually right before I found out that I was ADHD. Uh. And I'm like, nope, I just got to mold it to my lifestyle, right. how I work. Yeah. Yep. And that means I'm just sporadically writing throughout the day, okay. whether it's on a note, note, like I have tablets, I have notes yeah. on the road. When I'm on the road, recorder ah, because I can't idea. write. Right. So, and when I'm in solitude, a lot of times that's when everything just starts stirring up and coming yeah. to me, and this and that. So, having I, I think I've gone through three different recorders oh, wow. uh, because I'm not going to remember. That's the other <laughs> thing. <laughs> right, right. It's like I'm not going to remember. And so, writing um, little notes. Yeah, I have notebooks all over the place. Oh, yeah. Everything I've written on napkins, twi- and that's just so. Then what I'll do is I'll take that bit. And then I'll write, um, let me show you here. Oh, actually, I've got my, let me show you what I did. Okay. I remember a movie, there was a character who carried around a digital recording advice, and he'd always push the button and go, this is Craig. As, as, if, <laughs> well, as if you wouldn't, like, remember who you are recording your um, voice. What was that? It's uh, Twin Peaks. That's it. Was yep. it Twin Peaks? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was it. I totally remember that. Yep. Uh, so what I would do is... Um, so there was, and I haven't, this hasn't even come into fruition, but I only got to hear, it's like, I found this thing that said jobs, or, yeah, like services for hire. So I'll just gonna use this example mm-hmm. for hire. And they were like ridiculous things, like a companion. <laughs> like, Paparazzi, like your personal paparazzi. <laughs> I will really? follow you yeah. around and yeah. take your photo. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. You hey, I'm really you. something. Look, I got this guy exactly. chasing me with a camera. <laughs> right, yeah, you can hire that. Um, what was the other? Uh, the, I had this, so I have this. I, I have it at home somewhere. So what I learned right off the bat was doing a writing web. So I'm taking yep. that oh, idea. Oh, sure. Yep, 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 yep. And so these right. are the things that are spinning off of it. Mm, little, um, little word clouds. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then some will lead off to another. Right. Yep. And so, but for me, I'm very visual. So yeah. I ha- this stuff kind of has to lay around and be around me. So I have whiteboards, paper. Cool. And ah, cool. then yep. I have a notebook that I collided all in. And I just recently, okay, 12 years now, I just recently finally started dating the set list. <laughs> so I know, and I take little notes and right. I go back. So, I mean, after all these years, mm. just this past year, I finally started dating. I should probably put dates on those. <laughs> yes, dating it. Because I'm like, because then, and if I write, just make a little note of like what town this was in and how, right. then, then yeah, the second I see that, yep. I'll remember, yes. Yep. You know, so then I can know that that set list can be a good foundation. Right. For awesome. that. 
you know, for that state or whatever. Wow. Mm, that's cool. If yeah. I wasn't as far as I am on my dissertation, that would be a fantastic dissertation topic. A dissertation oh, yeah. topic? No, what is that? What, what do, I mean, what, so to study, what is funny where and when? Okay. Because mm, times be and subcultures change. Uh-huh. Can you pull something back from eight years ago? Well, yes. And then bring it Would out it as, work as now fresh. Or is yes. that, yeah. hmm. you hmm. know, that'd be fun. I have done be. that. Okay. I have done that. But then that. dating it would kind of give you that kind of way wow, to track cool. that. Well, I think, well, okay, so some of it, so are you meaning like topically? Or, or it just, just or even delivery style, how it was received? Yeah. I, I, oh. I delivered it this way, things, really. yeah. this day, it got this reaction. Yeah. And then eight years later, it's like, not quite, a, you know, different or whatever. And yeah. then 16 years later, they loved it. Yeah, <laughs> Cycles, cycles, yeah. Yeah, it's true, because there is some like, so I did, was talking about ADD in the beginning, and then I stopped talking about it for quite a few years. Yeah. Um, I think part of it had to do is because I got diagnosed with it, and I'm like, Ooh, I got to deal with yeah. Now I'm constantly, constantly yep. researching because really, right. the only way your stories are going to be believable is if you know what right. you're talking about. If you about. actually know, right. there's some authority right. there a little right. bit. Right. Yep. And so it took a few years for me to understand like how my brain works. Why do I think this way? Why am I weird? <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like why is it like I do? I another bit in my whole ADHD thing that I talk about is. They say that people that do have ADD or ADHD, we're more creative. We think outside of the box, mm-hmm. which right. makes a hell of a lot of sense to sure. me because yeah. I can't see the damn box sitting in front of my face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like there there was a box. Well, I saw that box, but something else was over there. <laughs> right, right. Yes, exactly. And so, and I also talk about how getting people to support and understand somebody like right. me. Like, maybe you should help me out. Why don't you, right. like, write it down? Because you know I'm going to forget. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, and then I'll, I'll go into, like, uh, yeah. yeah, it's like... I giving them clues to help me out yep, instead. Right, right. And then the last one, I'm like, or maybe just be less boring. For, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, give me help a reason me to focus on exactly, you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But there's also the other thing that I'm learning so much more about now is hyperfocus. Mm, uh, yes. Like I, yes. See, I'm, I've been told I should go get diagnosed for ADHD, and it's, this is all like, yeah. yeah. Now yep. it's all starting it's like, to make yeah, sense. Oh yeah, because when you start zoning into oh, yeah. that hyper, like that, oh man, yep. like I find that we're also very stubborn. I just did this for four hours, and I didn't even. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. That's <laughs> yep. exactly. Yep. Yep. It's so interesting <laughs> yeah. how. And so I was reading a lot about history on it, and back in the right. day, we were the hunters, we were the gatherers, we right. were the ones that. We were the caveman, <laughs> the, the top of the caveman game, I guess. You know, it's like, um, but yeah, it's those little things of finding. So having it visually in front of me, right. having it, um, taking notes and finding things entertaining right. all the time. Uh, finding things entertaining all the time. That's a whole other topic, really, <laughs> seriously. But I mean, right. it's like, how do you find so much, so many things entertaining when other people find them as monotonous, right? Or right. not remarkable at all, yeah. Right. And so you, you take that ability to to see, to mm-hmm. to focus, <laughs> and uh, to pull something out that everybody else has seen as well, but never thought but about. Not in that right. way. And then when yep. you bring it up in a set, people laugh at it mm-hmm. because it's so true to yeah, their lives. Like, oh, they never yeah, of course, of course, right? It, yep. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a, that's exactly. a remarkable thing. Yeah, to, it is. That's exactly what, especially with like just recently. And I'm, and the reason why I bring this up because it's so new, it's so fresh. And I started just gaining a huge following because of it. Hmm. And um, I'm like, really? I even I was like, <laughs> I just for me it was like, and it gave me like, it, that's where the therapy, like the healing came. Yeah. It was like, 
I was made this way, and I'm mm. okay with being this way. And I want everybody else to know that if they struggle like I do, because it can be a struggle. It, yeah. does, it can be. Uh, I want them to know that they should just be okay with, because that will change how they view themselves, their right. lives. Because when I accepted it and just started going with the flow, I'm like, this is how I am. Because yep. I'm not a horrible person. No. No, I don't do horrible things. <laughs> I don't. So that was the whole, now if I was a horrible Another person. Another good tagline for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a, a bimbo, person, right? not a horrible right. person. No, exactly, not a, not a horrible person. And I know that. So it's like, for me, it's like, now, if I was, it'd be a whole different ballgame, right? It's like, right. Oh, yeah, you're a horrible person. You should just yeah, be that's, shot. That's next, that's, that's next year's tagline. That's next year, right? Oh, man. Whole other story. <laughs> All right. So we probably better let you go. I don't, is your ride here or no? Were you waiting for your no. husband to come? Oh, okay. Oh, no. But, brought my car. <laughs> okay. But we probably still should. Um, so we're gonna, we like to wrap up our interviews with five questions. Okay. Okay. The first one is, what are you drinking? So, like, what's your go-to drink? Not like right now, but what's your go-to drink? Like, what would you... Go to drink. Uh, it's coconut water. Coconut water. Yeah. All right. Yes. Coconut Hydration. water. Hydration. Right. Good right. stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. What are you watching? So, like, what's a movie that you think everyone or or what on Netflix are you streaming right now? What series or a documentary or you know whatever. At this moment, uh, well, that kind of sucks because I'm not really into it. I've been trying to get into it, but I just keep torturously playing it. <laughs> Is Supergirl. Ah, Supergirl, yes. Yeah, okay. and I don't know if I'm like, am I watching this because there's a bunch of attractive people in it? <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, because there is. There's a bunch of attractive oh, yeah. people. I'm not going to lie. It's a, it's a CW show, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, yes, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so be. it's all people who are 20 and 30 years yeah, old. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 like yeah. models. Okay, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so well, there, maybe that is why. That, that's just, I think it's their, their, that's their thing. trademark. It's acceptance? it's okay awesome okay what are you listening to so it could be music that's really in you know you're like either discovering rediscovering or it could be a podcast that you like or a ted talk or anything like that or a comedian Uh, i no, i actually don't listen to a lot of other comedians believe it or not um I created a playlist. Actually, this is very. <laughs> I created a playlist on Spotify called Slumber Party. Yeah. And it was. It's all Go Go's. Yeah. Cindy oh, Lauper. Wow. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Awesome. Go Go's. The Go Go's. Wow. I know. I love them. Carlisle. Yes, there you Belinda go. Carlisle. Oh, man. Belinda Carlisle. Belinda Carlisle. Back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and then, uh, like. What else is on there? Duran Duran's on that playlist. Yes. I was just trying to think of like all that. I don't know why. I just started. I go through those phases. Oh, yeah. So that's Absolutely. actually what I've been listening to for the past cool. week and a half now. Awesome. It's we'll have to look, look that up and uh, find a link to Slumber Party. Slumber Party. Slumber Party. Yeah, yeah, we can probably find Slumber Party. Yeah, so. <laughs> why don't you listen to other comedians? Is it, do you not, oh. is it, here's my theory. You don't want their voice to become your voice? Is that? Okay. Yeah. And in the beginning, it was great to actually be and watch them. Yeah. Uh, but I've been on the road where I've been with comics, and that's all they do is listen to other comics. Yeah. And then I see them translate that same right. comic on stage. Yeah. I was like, yep. I was like, I do that with music. I don't ever want to do that with a comic. Right, I don't, right, you right, know, right. I, it's like I try really hard to sing, like, but I can't, so right. I just sing anyways. But, mm. but yeah, that's my biggest concern. Yeah. Now it's it's different when I'm watching it live. Sure, right. But so many comics they listen and listen and listen. Yes, yep. And for me, I just and I it really can't. just becomes them. makes a lot right. of sense. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so the other one is uh, what are you reading? So what am I reading? Yeah, it could be a blog, could be uh, a, a journalist you really like, could be a book. Uh, billboards you like driving billboards. past. <laughs> 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 I did make up one. <laughs> no, no. I did that um, one. Actually, there is. Um, 
On Facebook, there it's called Attitude, but it's mm-hmm. ADD to two Attitude. Ah, okay. And I'm I'm constant. I love psychology, so yeah. I'm constantly reading about um, mental health, yeah. ADD. I it's just I've always been fascinated with it. So current, I wouldn't say currently, but for actually quite a few years now, that's I, if. There isn't a day that doesn't go by that I don't read about it. Mm, cool. Like find articles um, that are fun because I'm translating it into right. my act. Yep. Yep. Right, absolutely. And so um, the one recent one, I don't know if you saw that about there's they were saying I was reading something that said change bad habits, like stop yeah. pushing the snooze button. I was like, what? I mean, I am fine with pushing the snooze button. What's it so there for? Right, I know because for once in my life, I'm not being impulsive about something. Right, you yeah. know, it's like. <laughs> I don't care. I, like, I don't have to throw the alarm clock across exactly. the room. Anyone's giving me a choice. Right, exactly. That's awesome. So. And then the fifth question is, if we come to visit you, aside from right now, obviously, where are you taking us to eat? What's your place? Uh, this place was fantastic. Yeah, it was the, pretty good. Huh? I would be here Crooked again. fence. Crooked like, fence, everybody. Crooked fence, yes. <laughs> uh, this place is fantastic. Awesome. Cool. Right on. And then finally, but, so but if we went to her place, it would be we'd have cho- something with chopsticks and we'd uh, have yeah, yeah, soy yeah, packs. Soy sauce. <laughs> and wipes. chicken nuggets. <laughs> both sides. You know? Nice. <laughs> Fried chicken and chopsticks. I yep. love it. Yeah. Yes. All right. Um, how can people uh, follow your work and what do you got coming up that people could good go catch at? I have, okay, so I'm on social media. I mm-hmm. do have a Sherry Jaffet comedy. I have a uh, Facebook page there. I run it as a business page, though, yeah. not a fan page, because I'm just not there, there with that yet. Yeah, or yeah. I don't know if I ever will be. It's just not yeah. me. And your last name is spelled, so J-A- people can find it. <laughs> J-A-P-H-E-T. There you go. All right. mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a, it's not very long, but it is a little difficult. Yeah. Um, I also have an Instagram at Book of Matches. <laughs> on Snapchat at Book of Matches, yeah. Do you play it's with a, that one very often? Or? Right. Well, it's a, st- it's a bit in my act because I was actually raised by my dad. Right. So I talk about, uh, I never, like, being raised by my dad, the only bathroom decor that I thought existed was a Book of Matches book on book the of back matches. of the toilet <laughs> yeah. until I moved out. And so I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> nice. So there's that. And then Twitter, Sherry J. Fit. Sure. Um, but right now, yeah, just those. I I. And my obviously Facebook. Yeah. So I'm working on some other, but it's just, it's getting a little too much. So I'm just going to try and keep it at where I'm at right sure. now yep, yep. until I can find somebody, hire somebody yeah, to do the other stuff. Manager, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. right. Yep. So. And uh, upcoming shows. Oh, yes. Okay. So I have some, I'll be in California towards the end of this week. I'm looking at performing at Ha Ha in Hollywood and uh, Flappers in Burbank, but then I'll be in Grounds Pass in April. Mm. Awesome. Oregon there. It's a great room there. Um, and then I will be actually recording my new CD at Liquid in October. Oh, cool. Awesome. All right. So, and then I've got some other few in-betweens, but I'm not quite sure. We'll see what happens. Okay. Do, you, do you keep your itinerary up on the, your Facebook page so people can kind of keep up with that? or I Just the CD. And the reason why is I had some stalker issues. Like, oh. Right. Yep. And it's yeah, got right. a little scary. So I just now I just only announce through social media. I don't put it on my uh, website anymore. Okay. Right. Yep. Right. And so, uh, unfortunately, but I'm not going to let it stop me. Yeah. I'm there you like, go. People, why? So do you have a reaction to people with denim coats and red uh, hoodie sweatshirts? Uh, right, yeah. I think they carry a little bag around. A little bag. Yeah. I don't yeah, know, his meth pipe. Isn't I was like, <laughs> scary. Awesome. Uh, so, so, yeah. Wow. 
That's cool. I do it. Social media is probably the best platform okay. to Great. announce right. shows. Awesome. Good. Well, thank you so much for yes, uh, thank that you this for interview. Having me. And awesome. Thanks for the Great food conversation. And everything. Oh yeah, thank no you. problem. <laughs> thank All you. Right. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. tonight to celebrate Don Rickles. And honestly, it's almost like he's here with us. You can feel his spirit in this room tonight. No, Tina, Tina, he is here. Jesus, I thought that was somebody's purse. So sorry. So sorry. Don's work ethic is unparalleled. At 88 years old, he's still doing stand-up across the country. Which begs the question, why? Are you out of money? Is that why you're always doing casinos? Is it a gambling problem? Are you in that wheelchair because the thugs beat your knees? Blink if you need help. You know, I remember watching Don as a little kid in the 70s and thinking, wow, that guy is old. And after seeing Don Rickles perform when I was little, I knew what I wanted to be. A short, bald Jewish man. (laughs) What you said, your thing. You know, when the producers of this event first called us last night, I said, it's three in the morning, who died? And they explained that everything was fine. It's just that they were planning a comedy event and uh, no women had agreed to show up. So I said, what award is Jerry Lewis getting? And they said, no, 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 it's not Jerry Lewis. It's Don Rickles. So I said, oh, Don Rickles is the best. Amy and I would love to come to your event. And they said, wait, how are we calling you and Amy in the same bed? And I said, don't worry about it. It doesn't concern you. So here we are, because they thought it was important for Don to be honored by at least one woman, which apparently is what we count as. Yep. Yeah, thanks for uh, sending one car for the both of us. Did you send Seinfeld a half a car? We are thrilled to be here because Don is the real deal. He had his own variety show and his own sitcom. He called both of them the Don Rickles show. That's the kind of creative genius we're dealing with here. And what an honor this must be for you to have your birthday celebrated on Spike TV. Just knowing that this will air between tattoo nightmares and the hunt for Bigfoot. It's what your mother dreamed of in the shtetl. I'll always remember the first time I met Don. I went over and said, Mr. Rickles, I'm such a huge fan. And he said... Sweetheart, just the check. But the great thing about Don is that his jokes appeal to everyone. Pollocks, Chinamen, the coloreds, broads. What, no? We're not allowed to say that anymore? Why is he still saying that? Yeah, he should probably stop saying it. Don, I truly love you. Because every time I see you, you come up to me and you grab my arm and you say, how's your divorce? Is it done yet? 
And that makes me feel very safe. <laughs> and here's something you don't know. When my, this is true. When my cousin was 19 years old, you gave her her first big break, and she was a singer, and you let her open for you at the Foxwoods Casino, and you and your lovely wife were so, so nice to her, and that is why I'm here tonight, to rub it in my cousin's face that I got famous. Happy birthday, Don. We love you. We really do. And we're supposed to talk for five minutes. And you're a great man. And you're great. And we love you. We do. And the thing about... No, we got it. Five okay, minutes. great. Thank you. We love Good you. Good night. Okay. So, uh, based on a conversation that I had with a friend last night, can you make a joke about any topic, or are there some topics that are just off-limits for jokes? All right. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Good luck fitting this into 40 seconds. <laughs> Let me go to timer here. We each get, we get 45 seconds, actually, I think. Oh, all right. Yeah. That extra five Craig, seconds. Craig, you want to tackle this one first? I'll, I'll tackle it first, yeah. All right. Okay, ready, begin. So this, this one's actually an easy question to answer. Oh. At least from a physical, a meta- metaphysical kind of philosophical mindset. Okay. Uh-huh. There's nothing. There's nothing that should be free of of an ironic approach. Okay. Even even if it was the most catastrophic event in my life or somebody close to me. That there's an that if if I understood the people I'm with and if I if they understand me, then we can find irony even in the most difficult. Uh, experiences and if we can't Mm. then then we might be missing out on on some of the value in that in that life i just think of all the laughter that takes place during funerals and during when families are together Um, Mm -hmm. and sometimes the irony that even people express about how you know uncle harry died of a heart attack even though he ran every day of his life and was in great Mm. physical shape yeah and they might make jokes of some of the things that he did in his life so All right, your, if, your time's up. Place. I think there may be a place. It's how we do it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, I can. I, I respect that. All right, so I'll go. Um, in one sense, of course, uh, I, and Christina, you kind of mentioned this, but, you know, really nothing is officially like off limits, right? I mean, in the culture that we live on, we can say whatever we want. Yep. However, I do believe that each person should have, uh, I feel like, respect should be a guiding principle. I feel like for me personally, you know, love is always my guiding principle. So uh-huh. if if I can't say what I'm about to say, if I have to frame it in a way, if I have to say, oh, I'm not racist, but <laughs> then that's something I shouldn't be saying. You know, that's my own internal off-limits thing. If I have to qualify it, mm-hmm. then I shouldn't probably be saying it. Um, if, if it doesn't match the respect and love grid that I've set for myself, then I shouldn't be saying it. And that's for me, my personal, that is off limits type deal. Okay. All right. And Christina, your turn. All right. Well, you stole my answer a little bit, (laughs) but I'm still going to. I had to. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree with you. We, We live in a society where we are allowed to say pretty much anything we want to. So yeah, on that basic level, you can make a joke about anything, 
However, should you? I think that's the question that people need to be asking. Like, yeah, you can like make a racist joke or a rape joke, but at the end of the day, realizing the power that your words have and that that's a, a quote unquote joke that has the power to do damage to another person. And that, that just, why? There's no reason for that. Yep. So like, that's kind of, yeah. 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 Comedy has the power to heal as, as Craig mentioned, but it also has the power to do great damage. Yes. Oh, yeah. Good. Oh, and we didn't get a chance. You didn't, because it didn't record. You didn't get a chance to bash Amy Schumer. Do you want to do that a little bit? I didn't. Oh, should I do that again? <laughs> I can I can briefly rehash that because I am. Right. I, I am so angry about that preview. <laughs> so. so what's the movie again? Snatched? Yes, it's called Snatched. Uh, yeah, about I went. things you shouldn't be joking about. What's this? Yes. What's the topic? Yes. Um, no, I went to see actually a really incredible movie last night called Get Out. oh man it was so so much better than i expected it to be which is kind of surprising because it's been really really hyped so i cannot recommend it highly enough um but before that incredible cinematic experience all right all right hang on hang on oh it happened again oh no (laughs) so we have to re-record the two-minute warning i don't know what's going on with it it's pamela it's supposed to be automatic i've I've got it okay Uh. Oh, so, you, you did you, record it? Oh, well, I've got I've had the recording going since we Oh, awesome. Restarted. All right. Woo! Let me just double check. Hallelujah. Uh, does it look like it is recording? Yeah, I've got 32 33 minutes going, so yeah, it should be awesome. right. Awesome. Okay, so edit down to that 2 minute part and send that to me if you can, okay? Okay. Awesome. Okay, thanks for <laughs> okay. Christina, you were saying. (laughs) Yes, I was saying. So before I got to see the amazing movie that everyone should watch, Get Out, probably the best movie I've seen in years. Oh, awesome. So great. Um, Yeah, there was a preview for this new movie that Amy Schumer has coming out. And I will preface this by saying that I am certainly not an Amy Schumer fan. I think that her comedy is very problematic, that... She is the classic white feminist who has no regard for intersectionality. And she's been called out on that over and over and has not grown in that way at all. And this new movie that she has coming out is a really poignant example of that. It's called Snatched. And Schumer plays this, you know, hapless white woman who is on a vacation, staying in this resort in a, an ambiguously brown country. Uh. Um, and she and her mom get kidnapped. So one, it is a comedy about human trafficking, which is one of those things that I feel like you need to draw the line way before you get to where you're making a joke about human trafficking. That's such a real devastating issue all over the world. And it's not okay to make a funny movie about it. Um, but also just the, the racial overtones all through the preview that, um, the, the white women in this movie are, you know, kind of the hapless heroes and every person whose skin is not sparkling, pearly white is a bad guy. Ugh. And See, example of not creative yeah. in yes. this day and age. Yeah. That's just a very, very tired trope. Yeah. Relying on that savage yep. imagery. Yes. Uh-huh. It's, it's downright racist. 
Boo to you, Amy Schumer. Yes, boo Amy Schumer. <laughs> do better. I have written so many articles calling out Amy Schumer. I'm like across platforms now calling out Amy Schumer. Maybe someday it will fall on her ears. Should, she should needs- we interview her? <laughs> someday. Oh, oh, that'd be interesting. Would we? I that'd would love awesome. to. <laughs> if we can make that happen, boy, would I that'd love to cool. interview Amy that would be great. I want to know why, what's why actually work happening. Why on that one, Christina? <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, maybe since we're so out of time, this is a story for another day. But I did get in an online argument that went on for days with Chrissy Teigen once. (laughs) Story. Really? (laughs) Yeah, Chrissy Teigen and I have no love for one another. Oh wow! Because she's she's not necessarily comedian, but she is. She's an actress and has done some comedic stuff. Yeah, she she had a talk show for a little bit. She's a pretty funny person. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but but you guys lock we are not horns, fans huh? of one another. <laughs> oh, that is interesting. I'll have to go find that. Oh, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> wow, wow, that's awesome. All right, well, uh, probably this is a good place to stop. And thanks, everybody. Yeah, All right, this is a fun one. <laughs> San Francisco hotels, you get used to it, so you start getting upset when things aren't perfect. Like one time, my laundry wasn't there. I had laundry, I was waiting for it, so I called housekeeping. Now, they don't answer the phone all fancy at housekeeping. This is how she answered the phone. She goes, hello? (laughs) And I actually said this to her. I said, do you want to try that again? (laughs) Yes, I'm letting you know about me. That's what I said. (laughs) Did I reach you on your personal phone today? (laughs) So she says, what do you need, sir? And I said, well, I don't have my laundry. And I gave it to you. She said, you didn't give it to me. I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Because I get to be really mad. I said, I gave it to your department and I was promised. Like it's in the constitution that you get your laundry. I was promised I'd have it in 24 hours and it's been longer. She said, what do you want me to do about it? So I got really mad. I said, listen, ma'am, first of all, You can hear in my voice that I'm white. (laughs) By the way, I'll defend that right now. I will defend that. Because look, it's wrong that white people get preferential treatment. It's wrong. But as long as they do, what's going on at this hotel? I'm supposed to get the best because I'm white, which is awful and wrong. But where is it right now? So she got sick of me, and she says, do you want to speak to a manager? I said, yes. So the manager comes on, hello, may I speak? I said, I'm very upset. He was like, oh, I'm so white. Sorry, white sir. I didn't, what white happened today? I said, I don't have my laundry. He was like, oh, ah! He said, I will conduct an investigation. I was like, yeah. That's a very white thing to do. I want a white investigation of my laundry. So he said, I'll call you back in five minutes or less. Hmm. So I'm waiting in my room like, Then <laughs> the manager calls me back and he says, Sir, I looked into the matter and I do need to ask you one question. Are you certain that you gave us laundry? And as soon as he said it, I was like, I did not give you laundry. 